you know, everyone's really great at making Star Wars. Making Star Wars. I'd love to have lunch and discuss making Star Wars with you. Hey everyone, I'm Jason Ward from MakingStarWars.net, and today I'm with Bespin Bulletin, who went to Celebration. I did, right? the first ever Celebration. Yeah, first ever first one. one. The, yeah, the last one that was in the UK was seven years ago, and I didn't go to that one. I didn't have any friends, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. now I have friends, and I was lucky to go with them. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. This it, it was good. It was good to hang out with um, with my podcast co-host Nick, who's been on the show before, and and Pevy, who helps run the site with me. Um, it was good to see them, meet them in person, hang out with them. I met Azatru, hang out with Azatru for a while. Mm -hmm. um, we gave him uh, our, our wristband so he could, go and, he could go and watch the seventh episode of Mandalorian. What? Are you, are you an idiot? Are you stupid? <laughs> are, was, are you dumb? Are you dumb? What? Why'd you do a, that? He wasn't having a good time, man. You know, I wanted to help a buddy out. You no, know, I'm kidding. I, as a truth, like, like the, probably the sweetest guy we know yeah, <laughs> on YouTube, especially yeah. on YouTube. He's the rare breed. So that was, yeah. that, was, that was cool of you, man. That was cool. Yeah. Him I, and the battle for an updates, they were like both pretty annoyed with how the experience was going for them at, the, at that point. And, yeah. uh, you know, they were told they could go and watch the episode, but then they went on. So we, me and Nick, we gave them our, our wristbands and was like, Hey, just go and have a good time. Yeah. You know, like, like me and Nick, you know, we got into the what we would consider the best panel of uh, of of the event, which is the Lucasfilm showcase, um, right. and we had a, we had a great time coming in there and coming out of it. We were all of us were like so so excited. The guy next to me, I don't know who he was, but he was crying, man. Like he was crying right. throughout that thing, like screaming. You know, I thought yeah. he was gonna die. I thought I was gonna have to like call Beatlemania. <laughs> yeah, like. What's weird is the thing that got the guy next to me out of mm -hmm. all the announcements wasn't an announcement. Is when Neil Scanlon came out with the creatures, the guy right. all, like just just went mental, and then Daisy Ridley like kind of tipped him over the edge, you know. Oh, so, okay, that that yeah. kicked him yeah. right. Yeah, like it, it's weird because like uh, like I was at when I was at Celebration 2015 and they played the Force Awakens trailer, and yeah. Han comes out and says Chewie, we're home. There were like it's weird because I really enjoyed the moment. It was really cool. It was like a really special mm -hmm. like like moment being there with everybody. But then I look over at, at the dudes who were like bawling, and I get it. But there's mm -hmm. a cynical part of me that just goes, "Give me a effing break, man," you know about it. And so it's like, but you know, once again, I I I'm like, I get it though. It's it's a it's a I feel this weird push and pull with my cynicism mm -hmm. when I go to those things because oh, they're yeah. inherently a yeah. very like they're they're. Uh, they're not a, it's not a cynical thing when you're there. You know no, what I mean? No, no. And yeah. So it fucks with my nature. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> like everybody was going mad for every little thing. And like, you could just me and Pevy and Nick, we just sat there like a lot of the time, like, and didn't really react to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, but it, there was like, when they bring out the, with the, the directors, Pevy literally shouted, where's Lindelof? Like, <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> love you, pet. Love you, though. That's great. 
Where's, you know? where's Lindy? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because then they were like, then they were playing a song. I can't remember the name of the song, but it was like, tell me what you want. And then Pevy started shouting Damon Lindelof. And... <laughs> Good job, Pevy. Good job. You know? I'm surprised it was Pevy and not Nick doing it. If you had asked me who just after listening to your podcast over the years, I would have figured it was Nick. It would have been the one just doing that shit. But that's pretty weird. Yeah, well, we kind of like made that entire road judge Nick for uh for no reason. So <laughs> I like this. Yeah, go on. They were uh they were asking people in the crowd what their favorite uh Star Wars animated series was. Mm-hmm. And Pevy pointed at Nick and says his is Star Wars Resistance. And mm-hmm. the row in front of us has turned around and started to say, Oh my god, really? And they're just having a go, and Nick just had no idea what was going on. Yeah. He yeah, was he... just using the days. Um, because the only thing worse than saying my my favorite show is Star Wars Resistance is I hate all the cartoons to mm-hmm. that crowd. So so just shutting up and just dealing with it was probably yeah. the right way to go. I don't even think he understood what was going on. I don't even think he knew what Pevy was doing. Like, Because <laughs> Pevy was in a weird mood. As soon as we went through and sat down, they asked what uh, people's favorite movie was. Right. And Pevy shouted, The Last Jedi. Not mm-hmm. as a joke, because it is his favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. And people started shouting at him that he was brave. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and that he's a soldier and all these things and yeah and he was like yeah, yeah it's my favorite movie and what you know to these people um right yeah it's weird time weird time yeah but uh, yeah like i i'm with you like the, the amount of like skepticism i had about all of it mm-hmm. you know like not the shows the shows like that the happened that filming the, the in post-production a lot of them they're coming out movie side i think i think one happens i think the other one they'll try and make happen and mangold i don't think mangold happens i i'm i i'm completely positive on this one i think in this with this go i think that it it's a lot i think it's more assured than normal because we know the 2015 one the 2015 one the the uh what is it 2025 one is happening again they no didn't matter. give dates. No, no, they, they they didn't. And and I think that the only reason that they didn't give dates could be because they, they could get a break on the writer strike. That that's just mm-hmm. something to like to like consider. When it was when when release dates were firm and there was no writer strike, that's going to happen. They're voting on it next week or the week out. I think it's next week though. I think they have like mm-hmm. about a two week period to vote. And n- absolutely nothing has changed for the writers, nothing has changed in the climate of Hollywood. And when if they vote to strike, you know, if the, when they vote to, to when they vote, they're going to vote to strike. And so with that right there, that may give them a little bit of uh, pushing everything into a different year. Uh, it's possible, but if we just if we just go with 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 how the other productions are, though, I'm just giving that first one as a given. Okay, I'm I'm saying that one's the um, the uh, Obey Chinoy one. It's going yeah. to happen. And I think that's they, what they'll try and force to happen. If they go mm-hmm. through writer after writer, director after director, I think it'll happen. Yeah. You know? I don't think, I think they can to the announce... Vision. I don't think you could announce Ray and then not deliver that. Yeah, exactly. I think that'll happen. I just don't... Like, I think Filoni's could happen first. And and I think... So, I was uh, I was up last night, and, and here's the other thing. is I think Filoni's will happen. For sure, mm-hmm. the, everything yeah. that they're working towards is to make that movie happen. So I think that one is also more of a given. It, when would be the big sort, the big idea, 
but Kathleen was giving like an interview I saw last night and I, I wish I was like late. I was just watching footage while, while I was going to bed. And she goes like, what people have to understand is it took us like seven years, it's like a seven year involvement to get one of these series off the ground. Sometimes it took us seven years to, to do Ahsoka. And then she like literally says seven years for Filoni's film. And I'm like, okay, does that make it the 2029 film? Or is she, or has it already been in the works? Because they were kind of saying that they're doing the groundwork for it. So I had, so what she said, I, I was like, wanted to shake the interviewer for not following up with mm -hmm. what do you mean? Or, yeah. you know, with some kind of further clarification. It was just like, oh my God, I'm talking to Kathleen Kennedy, which I understand. I mean, I, I've been there in the moment where you're like, like, wow, I can yeah. be talking to this person I, and you kind of don't ask the follow up you wish you had. But I was like, oh, come on. You know. Yeah, I don't think that'll be twenty twenty nine. I mm -hmm. I think if it's and if it's latest, it's twenty twenty seven. You know, um, that's my even my with the end. Too. Even with the end of um, Ahsoka, like that could just be the start of his movie. Could start with that ends, mm -hmm. essentially. So, yeah. like they've you know it's all going towards Throne, and like if the crossover event is Throne being the big threat, do we really need to wait? Like two years like past the, the Charmaine movie probably not like yeah because because like it's Mandalorian season four is happening and it's like well what's going to happen in there they didn't like announce like anything for that yesterday which I thought was weird that whole Mandalorian segment and I kind of thought they'd be like yeah Mandalorian season four is going to come out next year or, or something like you know like we're going to start filming it this year because obviously they've said that writing it and it's in well they said it's in the concept art phases right you yeah. said it's going to happen in october it's, I it's they yeah it's yeah. it's that they're they are making the crap for it already mm -hmm. like yeah like, and and we know they they even planned around the writer's strike with it and everything so mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah it's so that's it's why i thought they that's why i thought they'd say like we're looking to go into production this year on it and maybe release it next year. i thought they'd give us an update on season four right um which they didn't they showed us eight minutes of footage instead um the uh, problem is that they haven't finished season three yet i think that mm -hmm. they don't want to you know put the cart in front of the the horse so to speak on that one and so mm -hmm. i think that's probably and they kind of already let the cat out of the bag a bunch of times so it wouldn't really yeah. make headlines and they also probably maybe don't even don't want it to take headlines away from like the new film announcements that, that they have when that one's a given and those headlines have already existed so I could see why they just didn't do it. But I am a little bit surprised. But I guess they weren't necessarily like short on content for this one. They got to show an episode. No. And uh, mm -hmm. the, the episode was, I mean, I'm glad that episode hit. Because, you know, I know a lot of people saw it. So I'm glad it hit. Because I was getting, uh, as I don't think I was really getting roasted. But as Meg said, I was getting roasted on on Reddit. And it's just like every single thing that I put in that report came to fruition in in that episode and was literally hinted at throughout the whole season so it's just it was kind of it was nice for me just to go like oh thank you I, i'm glad i just know that i don't have to deal with that anymore <laughs> you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's, yeah it's it's yeah nice. no, the when the when the panel ended for the mandalorian episode like the convention center was buzzing mm -hmm. anybody you saw coming out of it or spoke to like they were all just really really hyped up and like yeah. they couldn't just rave about it enough and 
again, it's obviously being in the room. Like some of them were in the room with Filoni and Favreau as it aired. Others mm-hmm. were just in the other stages, the Galaxy stage and the Twin Sun stage. Um, but like everybody was just really excited for it. I honestly thought like they'd put it on Disney Plus because mm-hmm. the way they were talking about it on stage, like they just kept saying, "Oh, when's it coming out? Are we really gonna wait till Wednesday?" Like they were saying that on stage, and I thought. Yeah, they, they'll show it here, and then maybe like a couple hours later they'll put it on Disney Plus because yeah. <clears throat> the internet's going to be filled with like people talking about it, no matter what. Like whether it was us or just randomness in there, like it doesn't they, like it doesn't matter. Like they are so pessimistic. I mean, pessimist, optimistic. They're mm-hmm. they're so optimistic that like people won't take a picture of Thrawn and that they won't have an overexposed photo of their elon musk looking smurf man on the internet mm-hmm. instead of like a really like fucking great you know high res photo with great lighting that really sells that they know what they're doing they they continually like just do that they, they i don't know i don't know where that comes from with them why they can't be real about certain things because like once again everybody on the internet is talking about what happens in that episode so mm-hmm. it would it would be better if they uh if in a perfect world they since they didn't put it out, they would just release both episodes next week and do a two two part finale. That would be huge, and it probably would. Yeah, it would leave a better um, lasting memory of the series for the for for the show. That would then um, permeate into the discourse about how it's discussed retroactively. So yeah, but yeah, it was a surprise that they that they didn't put it out. I I really thought they'd say in the room, and don't worry if you don't get to see it. You know, at uh, I think it was six p.m. they were showing it. You don't get to see it. You'll see it three hours later on Disney Plus or something yeah. along those lines. Um, sure. But no, they, because they didn't. They, they did that with Kenobi, right? They saw it like an hour before the rest of us did. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was like as they were getting out, it was like it, it was airing on Disney Plus. So that yeah. made, that made more sense because the internet's mm-hmm. the internet. That was a more realistic way of handling it. But mm-hmm. there we go. There we have them. Um, Sketchcraft gave a two dollar super chat. Says, "What's up, boyos? Here's something for Bespin Cha-Ching. Um, You're never gonna see that two dollars. I hope you know. I will keep it. <laughs> um, the young boomer gave a ten dollar super chat. Thanks, man. And said, uh, "Hey guys, I had a big smile on my face over all these announcements. Really cheered up a gloomy Easter at work. Absolutely delighted Daisy is coming back. Saw KK clarified Kenobi season two status as well." Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna get to the article that 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 this guy right here wrote in a few minutes on the on the um, Obi Wan one. Why don't we do that now? Why don't we just start hitting some of these? And then so right here, wait. But the question is, where is that? Okay, yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi season two is not an act active development, says Kathleen Kennedy by Bespin Bulletin. <laughs> and as always, if you read Bespin Bulletin, or you wanna you wanna you can always support him on Coffee dot com slash bestman bulletin and you can leave a lewd message and he'll take it if you pay him he'll take it that's that's the thing we know about him mm-hmm. just, so okay just over 11 months ago the highly anticipated obi-wan kenobi series debuted on disney plus and went on to become the most watched star wars series to date with critics also rating the series highly since the series wrapped up rumors have swirled about a second season with june mcgregor deborah chow and kathy kennedy all seemingly excited about a potential follow-up in the months that followed and uh, on a side note, that's what I had heard too. I Disney was like wanting it. 
So anyways, Ewan McGregor is present at Star Wars Celebration this weekend as his wife, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who partook in the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase panel and the Ahsoka panel, which led some fans to speculate and hope that McGregor might make an appearance at the Studio Showcase to announce a second season of Kenobi. But alas, he's just there for photo opportunities, it seems. Yeah, $500 ones. Uh, as Kathleen Kennedy confirmed to Variety that a second season of Obi-Wan Kenobi is not being developed. She's, quote, that is not in active development, but I ne but I never say never because there's always the possibility. The show was received so well, and Deborah Chow did such a spectacular job. Ewan McGregor really wants to do another. Everybody's all hands on deck with what we're doing right now. As you can see, what we showed everybody at Celebration, we'll turn our attention to that again maybe down the road. So then you say, personally, I'm not disappointed that we're not getting a second season of Obi-Wan Kenobi at least not anytime in the near future, not because I disliked the series, I enjoyed it, but because just like the films, I want any follow-up with Kenobi to feel special and not rushed. Season one left us with some exciting threads to follow. Kenobi's training with his master Qui-Gon Jinn and what happened to Moses Ingram's Riva. And one day I'd like to, a follow-up to those stories, but only if the script and vision is right. So, and then you could follow the podcast donate to the to the copy page and all that stuff but don't follow him on mastodon because that's a, that's not really going to happen that's a fake thing that's never going to actually happen just i haven't, I haven't posted on the week so just keep <laughs> just, just be pasting the same paragraph so, <laughs> I know. same thing with hive you know like what happened to hive? i thought that was the, supposed to be the next one yeah. um yeah yeah but doesn't surprise me on on that one i mean i i felt i felt like uh if it was going to happen it was going to probably take a little while anyways. Like, mm -hmm. they, like they were going to have to crack a story. They were going to have to, you know, whether it was Joby Harold or somebody new, they were going to have to like, you know, figure that out. So it's like, either way we cut it, I, I saw it as being three years away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't see it anytime soon. Um, I, I hope they take even longer. Like I said, I kind of want the Kenobi stuff to feel special. Um, yeah. So if we don't see another Kenobi season for another, for four years, that's fine by me. You know, we've got plenty of other things in development. We've, you know, uh, some of the movies that were in development might become shows. And if Skeleton Crew or Soka is successful, then maybe we have seasons to those. Like Rosario yesterday on stage, like mentioned the second season of Ahsoka, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. Kathy didn't respond when she said it to her, but she, you know, she was trying to poke and prod and, um, yeah, so I and don't you really and I, Kenobi. you and I know people that were on quote Storm Crow, and everybody on Storm Crow yeah. was like, it was treated as this was treated as season one of Storm Crow. Every, yeah. I mean, no one, no one said, no one was under the impression this was a limited series. No, and definitely not. I, I think, I think that the whole like thing that we have to look at now is like I put out an article the day before celebration, which is really telling when you when you put it. In, con in conjunction with Jeff Snyder's story about Filoni and then the confirmation of the Filoni film mm -hmm. is like right. that one ends with this big event that's about to come. Like the storm is coming. It's like, that's how it's, it's a, it's not a happy ending. It's bad for every, no. for the, unless you like the bad guys, in which case you're like, yeah, this is great. And, um, but, but we, how far are they going to take the uh, setup before they need to get to that film? And like where all of this stuff like kind of like like crosses crosses over, I would 
I would have to think right now, just based off of what they said, there's not going to be like there was a, a, a weird disturbance in the force or something. And there's, a, a, a you know, a catastrophe going to happen. I think it's going to be like the culmination of the war with, with Thrawn and the Imperial remnants. Right. I mean, that, that seems yeah, to be what, they're, what they're building here. So. So I, yeah, I that, was, to... that was the quote on stage. It's, it's the fight between the New Republic and the Imperial remnant. Like that, yeah. That's the thing they kept saying, because even when they was asked about characters, for some reason they all remain tight lipped you know like dave kathy all of them um so yeah it, it seems like given the ending of ahsoka that this should be the thing to follow right like even if mandalorian season four happens to come out next year like do we really then need to wait a year say to 2025 for the movie probably that seems likely but then you lose content on disney plus right because if you're then saving the follow-up to that story and like the storylines going between Skeleton, Ahsoka, and Mando, then, yeah, then that's why I kind of think that Filoni one might become the 2025 movie. Mm -hmm. I also would predict that that's a volume-based movie, considering right. like the shows and like they probably want continuity there in terms of like how it appears on screen. Um. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, and like they can probably turn something around in the volume, and that's sort of set up much quicker than they could doing something at Pinewood. I I would say though, with with the, with the volume, usually, I think the the Hollywood consensus is if you're not phoning it in, is that you um, do the Batman right, where you film on the volume mm -hmm. and then you recomposite in post uh, mm -hmm. like at, at ILM, and so I don't. I don't personally think that it's possible that without it already being on the agenda that the 2025 movie will be that unless it's a phoned in Disney plus television episode, that's two hours in the theater. And so if they are really trying to set, step it up and make it like a big event, I, I, I see that as, as like probably it being takes them. Possible. It takes them how many months to film Mando? What? It took them six you, months this time. Yeah. You lost it. Yeah, and, and it's less, and it's a right? uh, and and I would say like like sometimes like like they're not filming weekends and stuff either. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's a it's a pretty like normal. Usually it can be a pretty normal work day. So yeah. so what I'm thinking is, if this volume based, they probably don't need a film for six months, which is mm -hmm. which they would do if they were in Pinewood, right? Like if there was if you follow the trajectory of Last Jedi and right Tross and the rest of it, so. It can still have a lot of time in post-production. But yeah. I think the initial shoot can be shorter and you get to that point quicker than you would have a Pinewood shoot, especially when it's going through different writers and everything else. Like, right. again, also just looking at, like, the, the storyline stuff in, inside of the television shows, like, then I don't think they can go, like, if the throne thing happens this summer, mm -hmm. uh, well, by the time it comes out, it'd be, like, October or whatever, right? Yeah, his episode where he comes back. Um, if that happens in October, we then have to wait, what, four years? Mm -hmm. Like, till 2027? I don't see that happening. I see that happening much sooner. I don't see them taking a, the December 2026 release date because that's Avatar. And Avatar, like, that, that's making more money than Star Wars movies. Like, why would you replace it? Like you'd want Avatar to stay there. You want Avatar every two years. Oh yeah, right? yeah, and and I would imagine Avatar has that. So, I mean, 
I, I just, I think it's, I still think it would be too quick though. I still think it would be, it would like, it would likely be too, too soon. I, I don't, but I here, here's, think... here's the, the whole thing is like, we need to look at like what we know or what I think I know about Ahsoka. And what I think I know about Ahsoka right now is, uh, and th- there, there's clues that if this is correct too, from with Sabine's hair, remember how Sabine has short hair and mm-hmm. long hair. So the thing I've been saying for a while now is that the first four episodes are dealing with the Republic. There's a little bit of a time jump and th- those episodes are concurrent to the Mandalorian season two. Then the next four episodes are more concurrent to season three of the Mandalorian. I don't know mm-hmm. how specifically, but they are and the, the kind of, they will kind of meet up at the end, uh, culminate with near, around that ending point. I say, I'd say in the timeline, that's what it sounds like. Right. So, so with that in mind, that's just one show right there, right? And then we know that that we have one more season of Mando, and so that other, that next season of Mando will probably take them out another year. And then if there's another season of Ahsoka, that runs concurrent to four to season four of that, then we kind of we start to end up in a place here where we have growing narratives that are running concurrently. So we're not necessarily moving that far forward to that moment of you know and 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 just because um the movie's the big culmination of like maybe like the one where they will kill thrawn for instance like where, where thrawn where the remnant truly falls or whatever and 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 stuff well we end up with uh you know doesn't mean that it's one one war one battle and so disney plus might milk it out for a little little bit before that actual movie hits i mean that's it's possible they did say as well that uh, just because they say it's all going to, uh, you know, come to this crossover event, that that means the Mandalorian and the other shows would stop. They said they would still continue to do the shows yeah. after it. Right. Um, <laughs> but I just think I just still think even if you know you go to Mando season four, I I don't think you're doing Ahsoka season two, like given how I think Ahsoka season two could happen in the future. I don't see it happening before the crossover event. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't I just don't see it. Like yeah. Yeah, it, I think the reason they didn't give us dates for any of the movies is because they're probably interchangeable. Mm-hmm. They don't want to commit on twenty twenty five for Shami's movie because what if it goes through more writing issues and whatever else, and right. then you know, and then you could just give it to Filoni like that that date. Be like, look, we want this a bit sooner because Filoni said he wrote the Ahsoka show years ago. Like he he knew where he wanted it to be, and like for all we know, like he's already mapped out what this movie is. Mm-hmm. Like he's already written it. And it's just about time and getting it ready to go. And that, I assume that would become a direct priority for Lucasfilm and the productions they had already set at Manhattan Beach. Right. You know, so it's probably easier to get that into production as it would in contrast to something like Charmin, which will go through multiple writers. And then, you know, you don't, so it could be a race against time for her. Whereas Filoni, like, you know, he could probably do the job that's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I in- just, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, in in reality, like like my my uh, my analysis on the Ray movie, as we're going to call it uh, now, I guess the sh- easier. Um, it's a really good concept, right? It's a super. It it's it's the natural progression of the story. It's what fans want to see. It's what we all figured would would come next. And um, in a lot of ways, I don't feel like that concept is that hard. Is what I'm trying to say. I don't think it's that that difficult of of a of a film to come up with. 
And it's not that difficult of a story to like tell in a, you know, in two hours. And so it would be kind of weird if they couldn't make that one happen, especially with how I think easy that concept is to like, please. And um, so I'm not, I don't feel like they have an uphill. I feel like it was a more of an uphill battle when I didn't know that was the premise when it was like, they're just trying to like, you know, come up with something epic. It's like, yeah, go make something epic. And they're like, how do I make something epic? I don't know what that means. You know, it's just like, but when you have like that premise there, I think that they have a, a, a really good place to, to like play with and what kind of nefarious forces are going to, you know, go up against them and what's happened in those 15 years. Cause there's, there's just so much that they can just say, yeah, there's these, you know, this other cult of the Palpatine cult people are out there and they, or, you know, our dark side force users now or something weird, you know what I mean? Whatever. But, but point, point being is, uh, I'm, st I want, I would actually, if I had my way, I would rather have the Floney movie first because I think that's ultimately going to be like just a bunch of fun. And I think that it would be great for Star Wars to come back in the theater and just be a fucking bunch of fun. Right. But I don't know. I still think the Ray movies first. I think that that cast. Yeah. They, is what they clearly want the Ray movie to be first. Yeah. You know, it, like, and everything when, you know, when you look back at last year, all the momentum when Lindelof was working on it, mm -hmm. you know, all the stories were that they want to get that movie right. And they, obviously Lindelof's gone. They got a new writer. Like they really want to get it right. They want to make sure it's them from their best foot forward. Yeah. I think if you, if Filoni's movie comes out first, it just gives them more time to like get that in a place that they need it to be. You know, we all know the concept, we all know the idea, and it's something that, like you said, like a lot of people want and a lot of people are excited for. Right. You know, that, that easily got the biggest cheer in the room, you know, when, when Daisy came out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, so yeah, I think, but I, again, I don't think a two year delay on that specifically is that bad. And it'd right. be nice to like kind of not necessarily wrap it up, but put at least a bow on this phase of Mando universe stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know, by like, cause that's been keeping Star Wars afloat for years at that point. So for 2025 to be the Floney movie and it, and it be the, the Mando centric one, then I think that's a nice little end cap to where we've been on the run up to the return to like Star Wars in the, on the big screen, you know? Right. Um, but again, I, I would rather I would like to see that Ray movie. Of course, I want to see it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very excited for it, and I'm excited. I'm excited, I guess, for the Floney. I'm not that excited for the Floney because it's just like it's that feels like the end of what what we've had for the last like four years. Yeah, you know, to some degree. Um, right. But and we kind of know what to expect in that regard. Like the most exciting one to me is the Mangold one. Like the concept of that is exciting, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, the I think all three are good movies and are movies we should get to see. I'm just not that confident in Mangold. Um, yeah, actually, I, I, I like him as a as a creative, obviously. Right. Out of the three, that's the one I'm like. You're the problem child. You you might be the one that gets disowned by the family. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was the one who went on the Star Wars stream and said, "Shit, uh oh." Um, mm -hmm. I saw people acting like that. Was like, like grow the fuck up. Come on. But uh, the uh, thing about it is Mangold <clears throat> did, did the Indiana Jones movie for him. Mm -hmm. So, and they're so, ha they're very happy with the relationship, with the working relationship, mm -hmm. with the storytelling um, sort of like, 
I think Kathy Kennedy said they talk about story a lot. So they already kind of have a language together for communicating, you know? And so I think that it, that's a kind of the, the big thing that makes me more confident in it happening. Like, I think like, for instance, like, like the person who also had that was Ryan Johnson and where are his movies, right? That's that mm -hmm. never happened. But <clears throat> I also think Ryan Johnson and like Feige and stuff like that, all of that stuff was, was just always announced to like, talk, like look over here, something, the distraction mm -hmm. from something else. And like, yeah, yeah, we intend to, yeah, be, we, we, yeah, we're going to do it. We want to, but you know, if, if, but it, nobody's really making it happen. And so when it comes to um, um, the Mangold thing, if I think if Mangold wants it to happen, it, it's, it's going to, I think if he's like, if he does the work, if he's like there and he's like involved in it, and the only other thing is is that Swamp Thing movie that he's doing, mm -hmm. and he said, and he's, he's confirmed that he's writing Swamp Thing and he's writing his Star Wars movie that he's directing. Yeah. And so, so on, when it comes to he also um, would direct Swamp Thing as well, by the way. And he he also would, yeah, he's a, he's a writer director in that sense. Yeah, and so with that with that in mind, like if for some reason that blows up and becomes <laughs> Swamp Thing becomes the biggest thing of all time, <clears throat> then I'm like, uh oh, uh oh. But it's fucking Swamp Thing. I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm, I'm, um, I like Swamp Thing. I think he's a cool guy. I think he's. I liked him as a child. It was a, it was a big movie when I was a kid. Trash movie, but it was a big movie. Like he was a big character. He even did PSAs on TV and stuff. So could Swamp Thing come back? M maybe, but I'm not expecting. I, I think it's uh, it's an uphill battle to make Swamp Thing a thing. And um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, in the, I'm kind of in the, I'm, I'm of the opinion he will go and they'll make Swamp Thing. It'll be like, yeah, whatever, and then he'll, he'll do Star Wars. He'll make, he'll make it happen. And I'm, I'm hoping that it does happen because he's probably the most solid filmmaker out of all of them. Like the Indiana Jones, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. the Indiana Jones trailer. I'm really confident in Indiana Jones after seeing the, the yeah. final trailer. Yeah, um, that six minutes they showed us of Indiana Jones Five was also really good. It was funny. Oh was... yeah, yeah. Tell me, is anything anything come to mind on that? I haven't. I never actually heard any good like retellings of what that six minutes was. And yeah, so it starts off with Indy and Helena running through the streets of Morocco. Um, they're being chased by Mads' like like henchman. I can't remember his name. Is his name? Holland or something, or Volger Holland. or Volger, something I don't remember. Voller, Voller, Voller. Yeah, so they're running through the streets, uh, trying to escape those guys. Um, Indy and Helena are having a back and forth at that point that she betrayed him, and um, he's like saying something like, Would your father be proud of you for this? and etc. And you know, she tells him he's just a grave digger. And, you know, like you think you're a hero and you're not. Like you do all this for, um, you know, you, you do this for the greater good, but you don't. You do it for yourself. And they're just having like a, a back and forth, and it's a good back and forth. They, they they are funny and they are like they have good chemistry. It seems in the clip that we saw. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they eventually get cornered, and uh, it's this like it's a kid we've seen in some of the pictures, I think, and he's yeah. in the trailers. Yeah. Um. He stops and like he's in this little vehicle thing, and they basically commandeer it and like speed off. And it's a chase through the, through the Moroccan city uh, with India at the wheel. 
and again they're still bickering throughout the entire thing and uh it's a pretty it's, it's shot really well you know it's it's, right. it's it's intense and thrilling and at some point indy then like decides to take these steps like and it's really long and he's and the way it's shot is so fun like everybody in the room was like busting a gut laughing because mm-hmm. it, it, he's flying down these stairs in this little vehicle and mm-hmm. just a close-up of indy's face mm-hmm. as he's hitting every single bump and harrison's face is just going all over the place right and, uh you know until they get to the bottom and like he has a little bit of a crash and um he uh helena and the, and the kid like get out of the vehicle and comedy on another one and just run off mm-hmm. and leave him to get captured um he's like not very happy about it he gets on back on in the little vehicle and gives chase to them mm-hmm. um so they're going after they're trying to catch up to mads with this punch has the dial okay um in the catch up them pretty quickly the kind of side by side him and helena and he's shouting at her again saying again about the father thing your father wouldn't be proud of you you're doing this for bail money you know and she's telling him to shut up and the kid in the <laughs> behind starts shouting at him saying, she's not doing it just for bail money she's also got gambling debts you know and <laughs> so is that is that kid her short round yeah, see him so. I can't remember the kid's name. It's like Terry or something. I, I Teddy. It Teddy. It's Teddy. Teddy. Yeah. Um. So he's shouting that, and you know, um. I think mm-hmm. she tells the kid off, like, "I don't need you to fight my battles or something" to the kid. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, so the henchmen keep uh, follow up behind them again. It's uh, you know, Boyd Holbrook, by the way, is driving Mads's car, I believe. Okay. Um. So yeah, they catch they catch up to each other. Um. Indy eventually leaps from his vehicle into hers, and as they're uh, they're driving, they catch up to Mads pretty quickly. Who and Phoebe jumps off of their vehicle onto the back of Mads's car, and okay. she smashes through the, the the back window and begins. She grabs him by his tie and starts choking him from behind with it. Wait, who? Um, Mads. Mads. Yeah. Okay. As she's and she's choking him out, Indy is like following them along, making sure that she's safe. And these these guys um, are like pulling up on like Vespas and motorbikes, like with machine guns. Um, mm-hmm. And she's so desperate to get there. Like Harrison, uh, Indy is is telling her to let it go, like leave him go because she's gonna get herself killed. Because um, they're right. catching up, the shots are firing in closer and closer to her. And eventually, Harrison like grabs her and pulls her off of the car and into his little vehicle. As Mads t- Mads's car turns away, and the, the the guy on the on the motorbike behind with the machine gun, he like goes straight. It's like all these like big like twigs mm-hmm. on the back of this uh, cart, and he goes straight into them, and it is brutal, like you felt the real impact of it as he hits them mm-hmm. and you know um i think harrison makes a quip something like you could thank me later or something yeah. um, but she is furious as mads disappears but again it was only six minutes and it was <clears throat> it's the it's done more for me than the two trailers did and i think the trailers are good especially yeah. the latest one but just seeing it in action and how funny intense and thrilling it was you know, like I was talking to people afterwards who they were saying they had no interest in seeing 
indie and they were like that that six minutes sold me like we need to go and see it yeah um i think they will put that out at some point i think they should in the run-up to the movie coming out talk show circuit clips yeah probably. They, they have to because it was it was really good um it played really well in the room as well um i yeah. thought it was a weird place to end with indie because the movie announcement bringing daisy i felt like the good end point Mm-hmm. Like it got stuff. We all thought that the showcase was done after Daisy, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we've got Indiana Jones," and it was um, it was not deflating, but it was just like, "Oh, you've hit such a big high with everybody in this room with Daisy. Yeah, how'd you how'd you top that now?" Right. And they didn't even when they played the Indiana Jones trailer, but it was the clip they ended on, which was that was good. That was fun. Like everybody left in a good mood because because of the clip. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really like their back and forth. I really like their banter. Like that relationship is is going to be good. Um, Did you notice in that in that trailer? I, I I think what I'm seeing is old Indiana Jones from 1969 jumping out of a World War II plane, and then when you look down in the water, that's where I think like those like Viking style Roman marauder sh- boats are down below them. Mm-hmm. So it yeah, does it seem like. like that dial does something trippy with, with like you know seeing what happened at that place in multiple timelines or something weird like that. I think it's something. Yeah, like this, that. Mm-hmm. this references to that right in sort of the trailer. Like Mads is saying, we can't change things from. The, I think Indy says something, can't change things from the past. Where Mads responds with, "I can with this," or something like. Hitler made some mistakes. <laughs> I laugh yeah. when he says, "I'm like, oh, you think, yeah. buddy? You think?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was good, yeah, um, yeah. I, I so there's been no descriptions of that trailer, uh, the the clip that was played. Not that not that I've seen. Uh, I, I haven't oh. I haven't gone out of my, out of my way to, to 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 try to find it, but I feel like you you gave a pretty pretty good uh, rundown of it. So I feel like, I feel like I know now. You know, yeah, it, it was it was it was really good. You know, um, like I said, everybody afterwards like that's the thing about indie that got them buzzing. Yeah, you know. So let's let's talk about something else that will probably never ever ever happen. Um, I mean, Indiana Jones will happen, but not Kenobi apparently. Um, Kathleen Kennedy reaffirms that Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie is still being developed. Reveals Waititi is writing it by himself. By by you, you wrote this. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you wrote it by yourself, right? I did write it by myself. That yeah. makes you just like Taika. Um, I am just like Taika. <laughs> Lucasfilm kicked off Star Wars Celebration twenty twenty three. I have threesomes all the time. With the bang, thanks to their, <laughs> I mean, that's why you had to leave uh, celebration. You had a threesome scheduled, um, which provided fans with multiple trailers for Star Wars tele, tele for Star Wars television series releasing within the next eighteen months, along with a new slate of movies. Despite the excitement for the new movies announced, fans couldn't help but notice that one of the most high-profile movie projects announced in recent years, a film from Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi, was missing from the slate. But Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy, when Speaking to Variety, confirmed that Taika's project is still very much in development. She told the outlet, Taika is still working away. He's writing the script himself, and he really doesn't want to bring others into the process. And I don't blame him. He has a very, very unique voice. So I want to protect that, and that's what he's doing. But we're going to make that one day. So that's the end of the quote. The news that Waititi is writing his untitled Star Wars project definitely comes as a surprise. As it was announced in 2020 that he was developing the script alongside 1917 scribe Christy Wilson Cairns, with Christy with Wilson Cairns just this fall reiterating that she was still working on the script with Waititi. 
And just for the record, there's always a chance she misspoke. Um, if Wilson Cairns has departed the project and Waititi is handling it, a rewrite of the project himself, it could definitely explain why and how this project is taking so long to come to fruition. Waititi and Wilson Cairns worked on a script together for over two years that we know of, and now Waititi, at least for now, is pinning it by himself. Kennedy also opened up to Variety regarding Ryan Johnson's planned Star Wars trilogy, telling the outlet that she and Johnson still want to tell that story. But it's Johnson's busy schedule that currently that's currently stopping the project from developing. Kennedy said that she speaks with Ryan often and that he's really excited to delve back into a galaxy far, far away, but that it requires a really big commitment of time, which Johnson doesn't have in the near future. So that and I, I do think that is that is is true, you know, and I'm I'm kind of um, the, the kind of like cynical, though about those movies actually ever happening with how much time it takes to get anything going. Like when you look at them right now, their mm -hmm. slate is until like basically 2030, you know, mm -hmm. like, like we won't have, it'll be 2031 when right. either of their movies can, can, can start, can, can come out. So it's, it can't be a rebound movie. Ryan mm -hmm. can't go and, and, you know, try to remake footloose and fail and then be like i need a really big hollywood win because it's not gonna it's not gonna happen like that unless unless they start doubling up star wars movies again and and trying to get a bit frisky with the schedule because they're feeling super confident um but if we go as the schedule states right now um with that many years away it's like how is anybody gonna jump in and just just start doing one of these movies i i don't really seems seems harder than I'm we than it seems than we we think it is and Kathy did say as well um, that these movies that she announced yesterday, mm -hmm. they could get sequels. It, again, and it goes back to the story we heard last year from um, the Lindelof stuff, which was from Snyder. It's been written as a from well, no, it's from the the trades, which was mm -hmm. been written as a standalone, but with the idea that sequels could follow. She said that for all of them. Yeah. So if the Mangold one, if you know, Filoni, even like if any of those are successful. They could do sequels, right? So, if you know Daisy's one comes out in 2025, 2029 could be her sequel. Yeah. You know, we we you know we could have say you know Filoni's in 2027 and go back to Charmin and Daisy and all that stuff. Right. Um. So yeah, I I personally don't think, like I said, I don't even know if the Mangold one's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to. I like him as a as a director and as a writer. I, he's a really, really talented guy. I also really respect Tiger and his work. I would love yeah. to see that get made. But I would love both of them to, to get their movies for, for sure. And I was yeah. I was theorizing yesterday because there was that quote where he says, like, I want to do like a Ben Hur biblical epic. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Ben Hur Star Wars logo for Tyka's movie. And I started mm -hmm. wondering, was this a concept that Lucasfilm you know, had sitting there for somebody to pick up and then like Taika walked and then, you know, and then he picked it up. And, uh, but according to what they're saying here, that can't be, that's not the case. Yeah. They I, said that, uh, Mangold had the idea. Like he said, she said that he kept talking to her that he wanted to do a Star Wars movie and eventually pitched her an idea, I think last summer. Mm -hmm. And which was what this movie is. So Taika, like obviously, he's had that movie idea since 2020 right you know so taika's had that two years longer than than him but 
one thing that does seem to happen, and it, it was said multiple times yesterday, mm-hmm. is Kathy's taking pictures from other people. She's not like they're not going in with a vision. Mm-hmm. So Leslie Headland said that she went to Kathleen Kennedy with the idea of like when the series is set and what it's about. I like, there. I like that that frozen um, with Kill Bill thing that she said. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Go on. And there's other things like that go just just happening. Like she said it multiple times that they people come to her with an idea. Like even Feige's thing. Yeah. She said she that she never heard from him with an idea. But again, mm-hmm. she's having directors or writers go to her with ideas, and then they seem to be developed from there. Which is why I think we've had so many movies announced that are all supposedly standalone movies. Right. Is because she's just taking just ideas and pitches. And if she mm-hmm. believes in them, she's greenlighting them. You right. know, I think that's why, like yesterday, when they put the timeline of events all on the screen, and she was like, "We want to cover and tell stories in all these different spaces." Mm-hmm. You know, um, it gives them a lot more wiggle room. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's important for like Star Wars itself to look at the failure in the success, mm-hmm. because you want to succeed, you want to replicate your success, but you also want to take that success further and extrapolate from that as much as you can. And like, look at rogue one, huge success made huge fucking money. And then now here we are in a situation where Andor has to be a TV show in order to like get that story going and to make it happen. It's like not the best place for it, not the best way to go about Mm. it or anything like that. And I not, not, not on the quality of the show. Obviously, if you watch the show, you know, we fucking love it. But it's like uh, had Andor, there's there's certain things that could have happened in Andor that could have continued the story and allowed for prequels. Mm-hmm. And that like that could have become like it, Rogue One itself could have almost been a franchise if handled just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And nobody knew what to expect. So it's like it's only retroactively that they could kind of see that 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 side of things. And um, so that, that's where I that's where I think they're they're at with these like new shows. Like, like, yeah, I think they're hoping to get an Andor. I mean, I mean, a, a Rogue One. They get a Rogue One, then from there they they move on. And I would I, I would also imagine they will be less willing to um, kill the whole cast. But with mm-hmm. the Death Star, you kind of had to. It was the right answer. Still, I still mm-hmm. think it was the right answer for the story. But so, like in terms of like like that kind of jazz. But like with the thing about with what um um what Mangold's uh, film is proposing to do, I mean, is sort of like that's an idea that you can keep going if it's about like, cause he's talking about like it being biblical. So you're going to have these people that are like somebody who's probably like a, like a slave. And then the force begins to call to them and then they start to use that. And they use that as a way to like liberate like themselves and the, the people around them. And then from that comes this like order of knights in some way, like it, it just, it, it's like a story that you could continue to develop. And I could definitely see if the first one even has moderate success, you could definitely turn that into a few a, a few films as people are discovering what is the force, how does it work, and like you know what's it like when the first person turns to the dark side in this thing, and like when they don't know, like what what if they're what if they don't know the dark side's bad? What if they're using both for a time and figuring it out, and like you see like the pitfalls and stuff like that based off of the rules that are set in the dominant Star Wars timeline? Like mm. that's a that's a that's always been a place that I think they've been very cognizant that they can go to. And just like really, really, really um, run with, and well, so and Mangold's a yeah, good guy to kick that off, I think. Yeah, well, the attitude we had yesterday was that 
those three movies they announced pleases everybody. Yeah. Like, people have always said they wanted to see the origins of the Force and the Jedi and, and all that. Like, that's an easy win to announce that movie. And you have probably the right guy to do it. You know, right. Rob's getting his Mandalorian movie. Like, Rob it's is happy. Specifically the one he wanted. Specifically the one he requested. Mm-hmm. Like he, so, he was, he was playing that obviously. He's like, "That's not the one I said I wanted. That's not the one." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yeah, this is your fault. This is your fault." Uh, so that's going to happen. Yeah. And then you have obviously follow up to the sequels and in, in Ray's movie. Mm-hmm. So everything feels like an easy win, and yeah, it's something fans have asked for like multiple times in different spaces. So I think that's fine. And but so with Taika, I don't see how this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't like, and again, it, it, like I said in the article, I think it makes sense how this has now taken three years. If mm-hmm. Wilson Collins has left, if Taika said like he doesn't want to work with it, well, we've seen it with Kathy and the Charmaine situation. She wanted to keep Charmaine, she didn't want to keep Lindblad. She let the writer go. Um, yeah. So, so he's gone. She remains. Same thing with the Taika situation. Perhaps they've turned in a draft, a like a script. Lucasfilm weren't best please. Tychus maybe for the Blade One House saying, look, I want to handle it myself. He's now starting from scratch. Maybe. Yeah. So it could take an, another few years to get to a point where that movie will get made. But again, this is Star Wars. Most of these movies don't actually get made. And Tyka, she's blaming like Ryan, like Ryan's schedule for his trilogy not happening. Mm-hmm. Tyka is a very, very busy guy. Like Same, yeah, same as Ryan. Yeah, so he might not get the chance or the time to do it, right? You know, and 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 by the point that he does, they might, if their plans go to plan, mm-hmm. they might not have the time to do his movie. Like right. if the if the Ray one hits and they want to do follow ups to it, that's going to be a focus. If you know the Mangold one hits, they want to do follow ups to that. Why would you then need the Tiger movie if you've got, yeah. say, two successful like? You know, independent sagas running concurrently. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't need it, like so. No, no, mm-hmm. you you wouldn't. And what one one thing is, <clears throat> I was always under the impression that Taika's movie was going to be in the Episode Nine timeline, even though that thing looked ancient. That thing had like that Ben Hur look. I always thought the ancient thing was about just getting that Ben Hur style thing. Like for all we know, it's a movie about a guy who's like a slave who once again breaks out, you know, of the system mm-hmm. in some way or something like that. And uh, and it's somewhat comical, but you know, Star Wars and fun. And so, like, I could see that being what it was. But point being is, if his movie was in fact ancient, um, maybe his story could end up conforming to the world that Mangold lays down um, in terms of the story concept, looks, designs, and and maybe it will be a bit easier for that movie to get off the ground by the fact that if they've already designed what the Star Wars looked like twenty five thousand years ago, well, the Mangold movie w- would lay that out for him and them and then they can they can move from from there and so so like he could always in in the in essence end up being one of the sequels to the mangold movie depending on what the concept is and things like that but of course i i have no idea if it's if it ends up being it's about kylo ren then you're like well that's a very specific timeline you can't fuck with that too much but if it's all new characters and all new place you know um rob says uh i sit on a throne of lies that's that's true 
And as a true says, can't stay for long. Shout out to Nick and Bestman. Celebration was much better today. Looking forward to jumping on and talking next week. Yeah, man, we're, you're always you're always welcome, and we're looking forward to when we can hang out, dude. And um, okay, so Robert Sinclair says, when people stop using the term "easy win," we all know no, we all know that nothing is ever that simple or easy. If it if it were within the studios, it would be turning out easy wins regularly, but they clearly are not. Yeah, so I think what we what this truly means in the context of easy win, like an old Republic movie, not not going to be easy to make that, regardless of what anybody thinks. No, it's just fan opinion. Then, it's an easy, but it's an easy pitch to a audience or to the consumer base of Star Wars. Exactly. That's so that's, that's what, what I mean. meant by that, Robert. Yeah, you know, that's nobody say um, making a movie, writing a movie, shooting a movie, any of that is easy. Yeah, no, but you're in a room full of fucking Star Wars fans. There's 5,000 of us in that room. You tell them, we're going to make a movie about the first Jedi. A large segment of those fans are going to be over the moon. You tell them that Rey is coming back and they're developing the Jedi Academy movie, mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to be happy in that room. And then Filoni's going to do a movie to you know, cross over all these series that he's been developing for multiple years, which has been carrying Star Wars for the past four years. People are going to be over the moon. It is an easy win for that crowd. Yeah, for that it's, audience. It, it's a it's an easy hook. Like like every single time, like us, like for instance, let's just pretend. Um, I don't know. Uh, the um, fucking the Snaggletooth movie is announced tomorrow, or the Snaggletooth mm-hmm. series. When I put that article out, or you put that article out, or I do the video, whatever, someone will respond. Why aren't they just doing the old Republic movie? That's they, all I want. If, or if they, these other movies, yeah. If they came out yesterday and brought Ryan on stage and said, "His trilogy is happening," mm-hmm. you know, like I said, as Pevy went into that like place, mm-hmm. he like they were asking on the on stage who, what people's favorite movies. He said, "The Last Jedi," and people said to him, "You're brave," and like questioned him for that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you put Ryan, that audience will cheer, but it's that's a divisive movie, mm-hmm. you know. Like you, you know. <laughs> The idea of bringing Ryan back is is a divisive one. Yeah, you know, amongst Ryan fans. needs to be announced with a premise. Yeah, he announcing Ryan Johnson to come back and helm Star Wars for like for a trilogy, which would what be what like six years. That's not an easy win. Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at the internet today, and like, yeah, some people are complaining about the Ray movie because you know they they don't like Ray. Okay, wherever and you don't like the sequel, but those people are probably you know praising the idea of the first Jedi movie, you mm-hmm. know, or, or the Filoni movie. And they're and, all going to go see it because they want to be up on the yeah. discourse so that they can criticize it online and get an identity yeah. of that. Like the articles <laughs> I shared today, like, you know, I, I shared the Taika one and like, people re- responded to that negatively, like, you know, because like negatively and positively, that's a divisive movie because the ones who were negative towards it is just based enough of Thor Ragnarok. Because it's the it's only Taika movie they've ever seen. And, yeah. if, and they don't realize that he directed that episode of Mando that got them all really, yeah. really hooked into it, too. Same thing for Kenobi. Actually, the Kenobi article, mixture of positive and negative. Like, mm-hmm. Kenobi as a series, at least the fans, was, you know, a mixed bag. You know, I know I yeah. enjoyed it. You enjoyed it, right? Like, so. Mm-hmm. But Nick, Nick hates it. Like, and again, that's not an easy win. Like, Kenobi, the first time around, telling people we're going to make a Kenobi movie or series. Easy Before win. you saw it, easy win. Easy hook. You know? Yeah. So that 
that is just what I'm talking about. It's easy when in terms of like PR and winning over a room and winning yeah. over an audience. The when process I, of making a movie or series is very difficult. When I started up the the uh, like the uh, YouTube channel, like in like you know a more serious way, I did like an episode, and I was just like, "What do you guys want me to go after?" You know, and I talked about what was what was on the docket of the of the a day, and um, even films, and people were like, "It was Kenobi." The Kenobi series was, was mm -hmm. overwhelmingly what what people wanted, and so it's like that's that's like the the whole thing about it is. Is it has to like cater to the hardcore fans, but also that like stupid guy who has a Star Wars shirt from Target who will mm -hmm. go spend money on the on the movie and thinks he's a Star Wars fan but doesn't know a fucking thing about what he's talking about or Star Wars or anything. Like you have to like make it where those people are just like instantly that elevator pitch, as they call it, needs to be really fucking succinct, tight, and easy just to convey in a tweet. And then if you can do that, then uh the movie's gonna be, you know, it's not an uphill battle to sell it. But but <laughs> this one, so this one here's another one that that's never well. I think that I think this will eventually happen, just like another Kenobi thing will eventually happen in reality, but mm -hmm. not anytime soon. I don't think uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron has not been shelved and could release as a series. Okay, so as always, you can support Bespin on copy. All right, following the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase, Kathleen Kennedy broke or spoke with IGN briefly about the slate of projects shown and announced at the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase, but IGN also poked and prodded about past projects that didn't make it onto the slate and asked if those projects had been shelved, which many had have reportedly um, been, but Kennedy was quick to shut, it down, to shut down those claims, telling IGN, well, they haven't been shelved. Most things haven't been shelved. Development is a complicated and long-term process. And with some people, we're dealing with scheduling because obviously really talented people are working. It's often not as shelving. It's more, it's, is it ready? Though she didn't say it explicitly, it felt that as if Kennedy's comments were targeted at the untitled movie being directed by Taika Waititi, Thor Love and Thunder, along with the limited Lando series started starring Donald Glover, which Kennedy said was definitely still happening. And that Glover is very excited to play Lando Carizian once again. As the interview progressed, IGN asked if scheduling was the issue with not getting the Kevin Feige-produced Star Wars movie off the ground yet, despite the project supposedly coming to fruition back in 2019, to which Kathy Kennedy said, Kevin Feige's project was something that was announced by the press or fandom. And she's lying right here, by the way. But there was nothing, nothing or she's mistaken. There was never, there was never, uh, or nothing ever got developed, and we never discussed an idea. As everybody knows, Kevin is a huge Star Wars fan, as he did come up with something. And if he did come up with something, I would be all ears, but that's never really happened. It's not abandoned. It just didn't happen. I, am I misremembering this or was there a press release on starwars.com that announced that it was a thing? I looked for it. It wasn't there. It, okay. But Alan uh, Horn confirmed it. Yeah. Okay. Though Kennedy is correct in slating that it was the first reported by the trades in the Marvel studio, the president was working on a Star Wars movie, Alan Horn, here we go, chief creative officer of Disney, confirmed in September 2019 that Feige was in fact working on a project with Kennedy in the Star Wars universe. Kennedy states that Feige um, never even approached her with an idea for the movie, which goes against reports from THR from 2019 that claims Feige pitched the idea to Kathleen Kennedy in the summer of that year, and it was reported last year that Michael Waldron Loki had been brought on to write Feige's movie, 
something he later confirmed. Eventually, we reached the point of Rogue Squadron, a film which was set to be directed by Wonder Woman's Patty Jenkins, which was originally supposed to release this December, but was indefinitely delayed. When asked if Rogue Squadron is still being developed and if Lucasfilm had plans for that film to continue, Kennedy responded, Rogue Squadron, that is definitely something we still talk about. Whether it's a movie or whether it ends up in, this, in the series space, that's something we, we discuss. Personally, I never wanted a Rogue Squadron movie, especially not as the film to reintroduce Star Wars on the big screen following 2019 Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, but I've often said I believed it would work well as a television series and that it would be an exciting draw for Star Wars fans and Disney+. Plus. So I'm glad that Lucasfilm are seemingly exploring that possibility. See, I have the exact opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. In that, like, yeah. like, 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 uh, like, like, we, what we see with like Carson Teva in um, Star Wars right now. I mean, that's what. Oh yeah, that's yeah, what no, the Rogue Squadron on TV yeah, movie yeah. is going to like. And I, I'm not. I like him. I, I like Carson Teva. I'm not knocking him or anything like that. But what I'm saying is like, like, the highlights of that are probably like we could we could do it without committing to it. And then I just don't think that the Disney Plus visual effects are ever going to do what what that movie just, would do but i don't like the idea I, anyway it's not really, i'm not in love with that i just don't think the the idea is like especially for the first movie back i don't think it's a big enough idea yeah you know yeah. raise jedi academy big idea you big know feloni you know doing a crossover for all those series you know big idea this isn't for me right. this is like if it is a series and again it doesn't need like when I think of Star Wars series, usually I think of the California volume-based stuff. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to be that. They can go and do it like on location and do things a lot of it practically, like take inspiration from Top Gun. I, I suppose like they spend over a hundred million on these series anyway. Typically, like there's mm-hmm. there's ways to do it. I think, um, and I, I do think having a Rogue Squadron series is a good sell for Disney Plus, and I think it's. A better self for Disney Plus than it would be to convince fans to like go and support Star Wars on the big screen, right? Like I said, Jedi Academy, people are going to go and see it, you know. But right, I I, I don't think does does Rogue Squadron Rogue Squadron to you sound like a billion dollar movie because it doesn't to me. Like I know Tolkien made a billion, but that's nostalgia and that's like it hit a like a social media wave as well. Like it became yeah. not a meme, like but. It didn't hurt Miles. it. Yeah, like, there's stuff like that. I just don't see that happening with Rogue Squadron. Like, the last Star Wars movie, like, what it made? Like, $1.2 billion? Mm-hmm. Like, in movies as a whole at the moment, I think it earning around 30% less. Yeah. Or something. So, I just don't think that's the idea. Like, Jedi Academy? Great. Go and do that. Like, you'll you'll sell tickets. You'll get butts in seats, you know? Yeah. But I don't, I don't think you get that with Rogue Squadron. Right. Um but if they want to continue it, if they want to put it as a show, like I'll, I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there if they put it as a, out as a movie. But I definitely think it's a good idea to explore, at least to explore it being a TV series, right? You know, um, but yeah. And so I, I went on, the- I went on my my old my, my site, found the the old report and how it, yeah, how it happened. Marvel Studios Kevin Feige is joining the Star Wars family, according to the Hollywood Reporter. And mm-hmm. then um, the quote: THR reached out to Disney for comment with Alan Hortz at the following. We are excited about the projects Kathy and Lucasfilm were teaming were team are working on, not only in terms of Star Wars, but Indiana Jones and reaching into other parts of the company, including Children of Blood and Bone with with Emma Watts and Fox. With the with the close of the Skywalker saga, Kathy is pursuing a new era of Star Wars storytelling and knowing 
what a diehard fan Kevin is. It made sense for these two extraordinary producers to work together to work in a Star Wars film together. So, mm -hmm. so that's so that was how it how it went down. It was yeah. yeah. But she tried to pass the buck like like said the other was like she says it's the trades right. Yeah, the trades said it, which is true. They did say it first. Hollywood Reporter put it out. But it was them in the trades. <laughs> it was yeah. yeah. It yeah, was you guys. In, so yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. in, in a written statement that was like all candy mm -hmm. and stuff. So, yeah. and promoting other things. And so, yeah, it's like, come on. But, but, but maybe she didn't agree with it. Maybe, maybe it, maybe mm -hmm. that was Disney and not her, you know? So, yeah. So I take it back, Kathy. You fucking liar. I know you lie, Kathy. I know. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, oh, hey, it's Nick. Nick, hey, thanks for the super chat, Nick. You guys are still going. Me and Baymax said hi. Hey, hey, guys. Have a good time. It was out cool there. to meet Baymax yesterday. You know, like mm -hmm. that's another one I met. Like, yeah, nice guy. You know, nice guy. Um, yeah, like we had a good conversation after the panel. You know, we just randomly run into each other, and uh, yeah. Um, Felonius Felonius D said, "Did someone say Titan Easy?" Oh yeah. no. The thing is, I just picture Rob here doing this. You know, I that's thing yesterday. Felonius was speaking on stage, and at times I just heard Rob's stupid little voice. You know. <laughs> I, I have heard that from people who work with Baloney. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I we I love you. I love Dave Baloney for the record. I mean, I, I've been I've been championing him since the Clone Wars. You know, I've been like, you guys need to get off his back. Because people people hated Filoni when Clone Wars came out. They were like, they wanted to he was the Kathleen Kennedy of uh, you know, two thousand nine or whatever that time yeah, was. Because I was I had most of my like time spent like looking at my phone just typing away on like the live blog. Yeah, and so I could just hear Filoni's voice. I couldn't see him, <laughs> and like, and then I just had Rob going, like, "Oh my god, no way!" And all this weird <laughs> shit, like you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I blame Rob for that. Robert St. Clair says, "Even when you go for the easy win, people still complain. People always complain. Laugh out loud. That's the moral of the story. Easy wins don't exist. Yeah, no. There's always the cruncher, and you're 100 percent right there. You know, it's just it's just the 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 premise needs to." be bigger than the contrarians discourse because they they do kind of make a contrarian voltron they all kind of form up and they all get on the same like line together you know i mean look at the fender menace it's it's like a thing that that happens so but when you hear birth of the jedi what the fuck are you gonna complain about that you know what i mean so but yeah i know what you mean though all right, so okay, so we we did that we did that bad boy okay let's let's look at the ahsoka one now Let's, let's go over to the Ahsoka one. So tidbits and new footage description of Star Wars Ahsoka from the Ahsoka panel, and uh, we—I will be going over the screenshots of the of the Ahsoka trailer and the, um, all of the trailers actually that are, have leaked. I have fairly good copies of them at the moment for most of them, I think, so, to like start to like do that now. And I was waiting for the good ones to come to me. So I'm uh, allowed to do that because haven't they been like getting copyright strike? If you show, if you if you go and you you put the the, the uh, videos of the trailers on here, then mm -hmm. you're gonna get that you're gonna get taken down. But if you take a bunch of screenshots, you're probably gonna. I've, I've been fine doing it before with Mando. So, yeah, cool. but I'm also that's that's why I'm gonna like do those as like a separate show of just that. That way, if it does get hit, it's like, well, there there you go. But you know, whatever. Um, earlier today, um, dedicated a Soka series panel at Star Wars Celebration, which our very own was able to attend and share various details. Wait, who, who was there? Was it you? Nick. Oh, old man, Nick. 
Nick and Baymax probably, the, the, the Nick and Baymax team. As you'd expect, a lot was said, but not a whole lot was said in relation to new news. But we got exciting tidbits and confirmation on reports and rumors. That's me. Um, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, um, Rosario Dawson. I'm not going to say all these people names. They were all there. And um, all took to the stage to talk briefly about their experience uh, working on the series, their love of Star Wars and how Star Wars Rebels influenced their performances. And there she is. So I wanted to ask you, how, how are you feeling about the, about the, uh, the Ahara look? Yeah, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling, <laughs> I not said feeling it yesterday. Yeah. No, I said it yesterday when they showed the first picture. I was like, no, it's just something's not right. Like, it doesn't even look like Mary Elizabeth would have said to yeah. me either. And um, and then today when I saw this picture, I was like, no, it's st- I still don't see it. Like, I saw emotion, obviously, in the Ahsoka trailer. And it's just like, it's it's not working for me. And yeah. like, talking to people, some people afterwards, and they were like, yeah, like... They were saying that the, that the Twi'leks, like something isn't looking right with them at the moment in live action, and specifically the um, the Filoni Favreau stuff. Right. You know, that something, something doesn't look right anymore. Something looks a bit off. And mm-hmm. yeah, this, uh, yeah, Hera doesn't look quite right to me. It just, it just, everything looks like she just bought it. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of it's yeah. one of the problems with it, you know? And it's like, yeah. But it that... looks like she's just wearing like face paint though. It doesn't even look like this. Yeah. Her skin yeah you know yeah yeah that and that that's that's where where when it goes a little more more human looking like the one in book of boba fett uh flash dance mm-hmm. um you know she look great you know like that, mm-hmm. that one kind of works but like yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see if this is if how this plays and if i could if i just sort of fall into it and accept it as i watch and i'm in, sucked in sucked into the story or if it continually like takes me out of it but um you know it it could look worse, but I think it could look a lot better too. So Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Harrison Dula, we exclusively reported she was, she was last year confirmed that when we pick up her character, she is a general of the new Republic and has assumed a motherly role. Uh, Natisha Bardizzo uh, revealed that she trained relentlessly for months after watching Star Wars rebels. And she didn't feel like a fraud. So she didn't feel like a fraud when she finally got down to do to don the Sabine Sabine Rand costume. So so let me let me ask you let me ask you this. Um, so I we we got we got two hairstyles here, right? We got we got the short hair, we got the long hair. Do you think we start with short hair like like the Star Wars Rebels uh, cartoon? No. And then and then she cuts it before they go out to the new beyond. Or do you think we start with long hair because she's just been living in society for a time? And then she cuts it, or it goes the other way. Or do you think? Yeah, I think well, <clears throat> I think she starts with long, you know, in the Ahsoka trailer. Ahsoka comes to her and says, "Like something's changed, you know. There's something dark coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Thrawn is coming. He's he's coming back." And I think that kicks her into action because throughout the trailer, we see her like it seems like she's longing for Ezra, you know, with oh, her yeah. long hair. So she's way horny for him now. She's like, "Damn, yeah, I didn't know what I had back then." So. Yeah, I think that's how it goes. I think that's how it starts. Is, yeah. is she's got the long hair. And again, you said I think in one of your articles that um, Sabine has some stuff that she needs to deal with before she takes a soaker mm-hmm. up on her offer and goes out there to, to find Ezra. Right. And I think that could be New Republic stuff, but I also think that is personal stuff. Mm-hmm. 
you know, yeah. like yeah. beautiful. And I, I think that that's why she looks the way she does. I think she looks fantastic. I think she looks great. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when we saw this for the first time yesterday, like we were all talking and we were like, yeah, like we really like that look on her, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, uh, we were saying that, yeah, like, but again, Natasha, you know, but is she's incredible looking human being. Yeah. So you put any look on her, she'll look great. She'll make it work, you know. Um, but... Yeah, no, right here in this screenshot, she's she's wondering what it's like for ugly people. She's like, I wonder what it's like for the uglies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so you know we haven't we haven't seen a look like this on sabine before so yeah. I, I like it i like this look a lot so so what if she has long hair then she cuts it goes out to battle you know to to, to save him and she's like ezra i love you and he's like sorry i like girls with long hair uh-oh mm-hmm. twist no okay anyways uh it's not fifth grade um as the panel continued chopper was brought out on stage where rosario dawson revealed that throughout the series chopper has beef with various other droids and that we'll see his hatred for loth cats and speaking of droids it was confirmed that david Tennant, doctor who will be reprising the role of huyang from star wars rebels and also the clone wars and will be voicing the, the character once again in the ahsoka series and and uh and i gotta say emmy award-winning Bespin, did you know that Emmy Award winning on the Clone Wars? He won. A, he won an Emmy. Listen, as you can tell, I rushed this shit because I didn't like Emmy. link my stuff. And Emmy your stuff. Emmy. Yeah. Emmy. Uh, and then right here, um, I missed have... the easy win, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> right here, I, I I feel like I don't know what is this like uh, a kink power couple? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it daddy and baby girl, and uh, they're here for a, a wild vacation? no maid service i don't know what that is all right as we moved past um our leading characters and the ghost crew we finally came face to face with the lightsaber wielding bad guys from the series ray stevenson vikings and ivana sakno pacific rim took to the stage to announce the names of their characters stevenson will be playing balin skull and uh sakno plays shin hot hottie because she's a hottie <laughs> both who work is that what the, is that hottie is that you said i don't know um is that both, the hottie or haiti i don't haiti? know yeah oh where, where's the where's the making star wars love huh come on that's what i said I, think, is that I wrote this in a, in a rush because i got the spelling because... wrong because i got the spelling wrong you're not giving it to me i i know you're 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 a stickler for spelling um both of you work for morgan elizabeth's character who is deeply loyal to grand Admiral thrawn stevenson and sakno w- were forbidden by series creator dave filoni from speaking any further about their exciting new characters just go to makingstarwars.net, guys. I got, I got, I got a lot. I got a mm-hmm. lot of them. As everything yeah. related to them is a spoiler. However, Filoni did reveal that the Ahsoka stunt coordinator, uh, Minkwai, um, plays a villainous role in the series, though the name of the character was not shared, but a photo was, which you can see below. Now, this Inquisitor I, I, that she that she's playing, is this is this mm-hmm. one? Is this like is this that one that was like with the fifth brother and stuff in the temple? Or I don't know. It, it looks okay. like the eighth brother. People, some people have said um, this is the night thing that I was talking about, like the helmet. I had never seen yeah. the body of it. I'd only seen the helmet, right. and it's a lightsaber. When the lightsaber is an inquisitor lightsaber, it's like the circle hilt thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They didn't give any details on it. Like this a character, I think, is also in the trailer from yesterday. Really quickly. Yeah, it's the um, one who it's the one who Ahsoka pushes, and she kind of like do they do that force push with the slide back? Yeah. And again, from my understanding, that's all the early stuff that is pre-adventure to find Ezra. 
So as we were talking about, was it last week or the week before about the the Lego sets and you know when they could take place in the series? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we I think we we came to the conclusion of all three of those sets up within the first four episodes, because even in the trailer we see we again we see this character the Inquisitor um, fighting Ahsoka. We see Ahsoka's Starfighter coming under attack by Shin. Um, and Shin is in that Starfighter set specifically, as is Balon, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, we don't we don't know much about this character. I thought and hoped they kind of would have expanded on it a little bit, especially when they turned their attention to the stunt coordinator. But they didn't. They really didn't give any information. They just showed this this image because they're going to be selling this toy. So they were like, we might this needs to come out. You know, this needs to be one of the mm-hmm. things that we put out. I, I'm of the opinion right now based off of everything I think I know and and the uh, trailer, obviously now, that what we have is we have Ahsoka sneaking around Morgan Elsbeth's sh- shipyard. Mm-hmm. And that this is Morgan Elsbeth's in- Inquisitor and that in- Morgan and the Imperial Remnant have their own Inquisitors. There's a- Inquisitors who survived and are Imperial Loyalists who didn't just die out. And we thought they were probably, we thought it was probably wiped out because... We never had any of these guys going after Luke Skywalker that I could recall and stuff like that. So we kind of always assumed um, that was that. But I'm guessing now they're just going to change the story and make it where they did still exist. And there was just kind of like the program was waning a bit. And Darth Vader said, don't go after Luke. He's mine. Mm-hmm. It might just be, yeah. you know, might just be something like that. And at the end of the end, at the end of the, of the day, but that's that's my working theory until they they said a straight or a source who's listening who knows will tell us that'd be great um i'd appreciate it as the panel neared its end dave filoni announced that the composer of star wars the clone wars and star wars rebels kevin kiner would be scoring the ahsoka series to fans delight filoni also shared the, the list of directors helming the ahsoka series which of course includes dave filoni himself as well as peter ramsey uh, Rick Famuyiwa, The Mandalorian, um, Steph Green, The Book of Boba Fett, uh, Jita Patel, House of, House of the Dragon. I got that one. And uh, Jennifer uh, Getzinger, Jessica Jones. I didn't know about Je- about about the Jessica Jones, Jennifer Getzinger one. I didn't know about no. her. Also, another Netflix hire. Another Netflix hire. Okay. All right. So Netflix better watch out. Uh, yeah, she did Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Dead to Me. Okay. You know, even Jita Patel, uh, she did. Yeah, uh, I think she did Dead to Me too, and a couple other Netflix shows. This right. is the thing we've been talking about now for months: is they're going after like Netflix talent. Right. To close out the panel, Dave Filoni and John Favreau announced that those in attendance would be getting an alternate trailer to the one released to the general public yesterday, which they described as a remix. And as you can imagine, the vast majority of the trailer was what was shown yesterday. But quick new shots included in the remix trailer included the faces of Grand Admiral Thrawn, which confirmed that Lars Mikkelsen will reprise the role of Grand Admiral Thrawn after voicing the character in Star Wars Rebels. A speeder chase on Lothal. Sabine Wren using Ezra Bridger's green lightsaber. That's a confirmation of one of my my reports, actually. Mm -hmm. In combat against Shin, also part of my, my report. And Sabine flying alongside the Purgle. Hey. Ahsoka will release sometime in August on Disney Plus. So, yeah. The so. the chase on Lethal, by the way, I think is Sabine. She's being chased by an enemy we can't see. 
Okay. That makes sense. And then uh you didn't I uh you didn't you didn't want to put the the uh um the uh, shot in your article, I guess. So I will throw it up. I made this one. I took the original one and I put the the color about to what I thought he was when I saw him back in the the, the day from memory because that mm -hmm. image that's going around is like way overexposed. Mm -hmm. So I just darkened it and you know until it got like more to the right color. And uh, yes, it is Elon Musk as Thrawn. Yes, it is Data as Thrawn. Those are those are the two I keep hearing: Elon Musk and Data. But mm -hmm. looks more like Elon Musk um, when you looks get down to it. Too much like Elon Musk. But um, once again, though, it's literally it, Twitter blue. Look at him. <laughs> Twitter blue. It will look <laughs> Star Wars. Twitter blue. Uh, get the badge. Um, anyways, uh, it, it turns out that um, this is not the best screenshot that could have came, come out for him. He's like mid-sentence and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, once again, it's don't know what they're thinking. You know, you, it's like, just show it, man. You know, and when you do show it, people will be like, yeah, I've already seen this before. Yeah. So, you know, that, that that's where we're at. Um, and then uh, we're doing this well out of order at this point because I moved this one. Oh, yeah. We're but, all over the place, but it's fine. But yeah, um, so let, let's just get into to your your thing here because I think you have some points that we might have missed. Lucasfilm ended the Star Wars segment of the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase with an almighty bang by officially announcing not one, not two, but three brand new films. One, of course, is held by Mrs. Marvel's Charmaine Obey-Chinoy, which has been reported by various outlets for for more than six months and has been in development for over a year. In addition, I just to, want to like I haven't changed it, but Kathy said it's been in development for two years. Okay, for two years. All right, cool. So major noise. So that's a, that's another check mark for that being the next one. Uh, Kathy Kennedy brought uh, none other than Dave Filoni onto the stage, and Indiana Jones and the Dalton director James Mangold, confirming Mangold and Filoni would also be helming individual Star Wars movies. Kathy Kennedy started off by revealing that the next slate of films would not be part of a new saga but taking place across various timelines. The earliest of which will be um, helmed by James Mangold, whose movie will focus on the first Jedi and the origins of the Force. Mangold didn't reveal much regarding his movie, but did share that it's set 25,000 years ago and described it as a biblical, described it as biblical and inspired by Ben-Hur. Kathleen Kennedy revealed that his past work and his work on Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny has been so good, it felt like a no-brainer to allow Mangold to tackle Star Wars, James Mangold, to tackle Star Wars. James Mangold, according to Kennedy, has been bringing up the idea of him handling a Star Wars project for years. And recently, he pitched her on the idea, and she that, which she loved, and got him talking with Dave Filoni, where it was agreed that Mangold's vision warns him getting as much desired star wars getting a much desired star wars flick which he'll both write and direct and then next up was dave filoni whose film will act as the crossover event of the various television series he's executive produced over the last few years including the mandalorian ahsoka skeleton crew and the book of boba fett little details were added but it'll follow the battle between the new republic and the imperial remnant and of course it may feature many characters seen across the multiple series Filoni has produced alongside John Favreau, who will also be producing on this film. Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau praised Filoni to the high heavens throughout the, the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase, 
with Kennedy later saying that Dave Filoni has been building towards directing his own live-action Star Wars movie for over 10 years. Before we move somebody... on to the next thing, like, uh-huh. what I mean, they praise him throughout the entire fucking thing. They praise him throughout the entire fucking thing. Like, yeah. it started off, and like me and Pavi were looking at each other, like, grinning, and saying, like, oh, we know what's coming, we know why they're doing this. But they yeah. kept doing it. And they kept going, and going, and going. And it was like, oh yeah, they're definitely hyping us up. So when this man comes up with a movie, everybody's just going to be screaming. Um, and it was, yeah, it was relentless. Honestly, they the way they talked about him was like, he's the genius there. He's bringing everything together. They, they said like every actor, every writer, director, anybody, they're all talking with Filoni. He inspires everything that's going on there. He, they, they basically all but say he is George Lucas now, yeah. like at that point. And, um, yeah, they really, really sung his praises. And again, apparently they did it today at the uh, the Ahsoka panel again. Um, right. So, yeah. Hey, right, rightfully so. I mean, he's he, he knows he knows his stuff. So, I mean, that's it. Would be a lot. It would be worse if it if he wasn't there for sure. So. Oh like, yeah, definitely. You know, by by by, by a long mile. So, um, lastly, we have Charmaine obeyed Chinoy's movie. The flick will take place 15 years after the events of the Rise of Skywalker, and will focus on Daisy Ridley's Rey forging a new Jedi Academy. Daisy Ridley herself took to the stage to fans' delight, but unfortunately did not share any additional details regarding the project. However, Kathleen Kennedy told IGN that the Jedi are in disarray, with many questions who with with many questions who they are and what they stand for with Rey Skywalker tackling the task of rebuilding the Jedi Order with the knowledge of the books she's read and her promise to Luke Skywalker, with Luke's presence being felt within Rey throughout the movie. Because, yeah, they were, like she says, like, there won't be Force Ghosts and stuff like that. She was, like, saying, like, they, mm-hmm. they didn't think, they didn't know, but she was, like, probably not. And, um, but the, uh, w- one of the things that's, like, come to, to you know, to, into my mind about this, the, the project and stuff is when uh, a source of mine at Lucasfilm, when we were talking about this this film a while ago, they were telling me like it's it's going to have like an, a new ensemble cast, and it will have like characters in it, and then like that was out and stuff like that. Like we we knew that, but then when this comes out, it's like Ray is the the protagonist. Is what they're making us think right now, and I'm starting to wonder if Lindelof turned in his film with Ray being, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi to it. And mm-hmm. like there was more of the vibe that they wanted Ray to be the protagonist. And right. then that's where Lindelof's like, that's not really what I want to do. That's not really what I think mm-hmm. is the right answer. So I'm going to leave this to you guys now and say goodbye. I'm kind of wondering if that's, if that's what happened. It's also, it also makes you wonder about the, uh, like they said that Lindelof had already cast the two leads. Mm-hmm. Like to, to, uh, it was, Two black actors, right? Well, uh, an actor and an actress. Yeah, you know that he'd already been cast, and they did not come out, did they? They did not announce yeah. anybody. They've just brought Daisy Ridley, and you know, they Snyder also said we would get a title, which again, like things have changed in that movie, so maybe like plans have changed, and I think that's definitely the case. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm not questioning Snyder. He's you might he's not want to you know. title something before you have a final uh, something closer to exactly. a final draft. Right, and they and they wouldn't tie it to twenty twenty five. Like they did say, this is coming out, blah blah. Like they, they clearly are just working with what they have and seeing which product develops the fastest. And you know, yeah. 
Um, but but I, I also yeah. I don't have any. I once again I'll say it like I respect the guy's work. I think his shit's real. I think like the stuff. But like also, I, I you you've dealt with sources and I've dealt with sources and sometimes sources can be fucking the most intelligent on people and sometimes they can have some bad takes. Mm-hmm. They're human too. And so, like some some of the uh, the uh, the uh, stuff that like about that that still like kind of like makes me like kind of scratch my head is like for instance like Obed Chinoy is brought on to direct it, and he's not the executive producer, but then he's hiring cast. There's this shit that I can't mm-hmm. get my, my head around. That just doesn't really compute. That doesn't also, really make sense to me. For the ages they were casting, it seems for at least the male actor. Mm-hmm. They were looking for like fallen adult men. They mm-hmm. weren't looking at like people who were, like Padawan age or even like young adult. They were looking for yeah grown grown ass men like to play that role. It seems yeah. So and again, like they were the two leads of the movie, but like the way they've like said the way they've uh, you know put Ray on a pedestal for this one, it's it's like as if she's got a really large role, perhaps even the leading role. And let's be real, if they were wavering at all about that choice, mm-hmm. they got the answer that it Ray needs to be the protagonist of this film. Mm-hmm. If yeah. they want to kiss the audience's ass, if they if they care, which I mm-hmm. think they do. So I think that they will. So I mean, if, I you look, if you is. also think back to the mm-hmm. original reports, you know, for, through the trades, it was like a, a sequel trilogy carry may be part of it. Yeah, like they were toning it down, saying like it may be part of it. Maybe we'll get them as I don't know a cameo towards the end or something. You know, like well, well yeah, yeah. They they were just saying they like they would be a part of it, but they weren't. They weren't. There was it was they, they, what do they call it? Inopportunity, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. So so it's and then that's what makes us go. Yeah, it's you know, Ray might show up at the end of the film with her yellow lightsaber and save the day or something, right? Like that's where your head goes. But yeah, like if the if the two you know the two leads that we had, if they were both force sensitive and whatnot, and then by the end they come into contact with Ray, it's like, well, you know, I I can help you, I can help train you, and yeah, hone your powers, and you know, like that's the that's the, the you know, I think that changed. I think they really wanted Ray to have a much larger role, and it's probably smart. Like the amount of people, like even the celebration yesterday, who addresses Ray, like. Mm-hmm. It's far, far more people dress as like Ray and even Kylo than there are as original trilogy characters. Right. You know? Yeah. Like it's all Ahsokas and Bogtans and Cals and uh, Merins. Like there's hardly any uh, original trilogy cast. So people will say what they want about the sequels, but it's still very popular with like with oh, the general yeah. audience. You know what I mean? And even like the hardcore Star Wars fans, like there's just a subsection that hate them and you know that's fair enough like you can have your opinions on it like and that that's yeah, why I'm, I'm a i'm a little little um surprised by like pevy saying last year it was his favorite film and somebody told him he was brave or whatever mm. because because like like i'm not even as a chance would have it yesterday i was wearing my last jedi shirt and uh mm. which is also the celebration last jedi shirt just a coincidence i picked up the kids yesterday and i got i, I got to get them uh bag of chips and we get get a drink and uh as i'm walking out this guy's like blah, 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 blah. i'm like what 
And he's all, I like your shirt, dude. I'm like, thanks, man. But I mean, like, so it's like, I, I never, maybe it's because I'm like not a little guy, you know, like six, mm-hmm. six, almost six one. And I'm wearing like, like a last, you know, a Star Wars shirt. Maybe when people do encounter me, they only say the good thing of the shirt I have on. Not that I'm a scary guy or anything, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, uh, but I, I've never heard anybody go like, oh man, God, that one was an SJW. Yeah, that, that shit never happens yeah. to me in real life. It never has. But on the yeah. internet, I could like literally invite it by just writing Ryan mm-hmm. with yeah. R-I-A-N. In the, um, <laughs> in the, in the uh, they played a montage before the panel started. Yeah. The studio showcase. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just filled with obviously like the Star Wars footage or whatever, um, throughout the movies and the shows. Right. A lot of Lost Jedi stuff in there. Very, mm. very, very little Rise of Skywalker stuff in there. Yeah. Which was interesting because they had a lot of Force Awakens, a lot of Last Jedi, um, original trilogy uh, prequels, but hardly anything from Tross. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they kind of want people to kind of forget and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't want to, you know, rejig our memories yesterday with it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it could be. A, a lot of reasons i mean on one hand if we just want to look at it like beyond like just take out like the critical analysis of how anybody feels about the movie good or bad um the movie was marketed like that's the end you guys like you mm-hmm. guys need to come see this movie because this is it this is the end of ray's story and on the day that you're like announcing ray's story is continuing you don't necessarily want to remind people about how you marketed and what you sold them just two three four years ago whatever it's been now so it's like uh, i could kind of see like maybe something to that too you know about mm-hmm. maybe focusing on when the story was alive and vibrant and continuing and but who knows aria asks uh aria gives me 20 donkey kong bucks thank you aria did did uh nobody record the ahsoka teaser zero footage out so far all i have seen is that is that the couple of pictures from it that 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 the people got people, people filmed it it's fine the, the, the whole we thing might is see out. it. Yeah. No, no, we might see it. We 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 know somebody who 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 might have might have got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that person who we know might have got it, they need to send it to me. And uh Aria, I will. I think we'll drink it, wouldn't they? To be fair, <laughs> they're probably drunk right now. So yeah. Hey, you well, know Nick always promised me this coffee money that would be repaid to me in drinks. Yeah. Okay, how many drinks how many did you get last you night? None. None. No. He didn't even sneak in a uh, like a forty. I don't. I, no, what's, a, what, no, no. What, what's a what's a forty for you guys? Because we're forty ounces, so you guys are something else, right? You guys don't have forties. <laughs> well, we don't have them in the convention center. Like they were just overcharging. Oh no, no, for... you got to put that like under your shirt and take it in. I'm. I'm oh no, we wouldn't doing that. Like, <laughs> they didn't do bag. They didn't even do bag checks though, so we probably could have. Yeah. You know? Like they were checking anything, man. Like we could have. Like they didn't check our badges. They didn't check our bags. Nothing. Right. Like, yeah, they, they did that in 2019, and it was just a big waste of time, you know? But mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, Dave, Dave, hey, how's it going, Dave? Dave says, sorry, got here really late. Jason, you reported maybe a year ago that DR and KK had lunch like a year ago, and it was reported that they were having friendly lunch, and Ray definitely was not coming back. Oh, that Lucasfilm. Yeah, well, at that point, Ray wasn't coming back, and probably that's probably what that was, though. You know, it probably was the, the start of it coming back, but yeah. 40 ounce equals and he's all 60 million milliliters <laughs> some shit <laughs> okay and then uh, okay so that was that one we got one more 
share this tab instead. All right, so it's up there. There we go. And That's uh, just, that, uh, is this the, something that we need to cover? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. It's it's the actual trailer. But yeah, it's just a trailer one. Yeah, just just the trailer. All right. Yeah. Skeleton Crew, Acolyte, any of those? Um, Skeleton Crew. Well, yeah. And then wait, do you do you have is there is there actually do you have a Skeleton Crew article up that I didn't yeah. see? Okay. There's a Skeleton Crew. There's an Acolyte. The only one I haven't done is Andor. Okay. Also, the Andor thing was kind of boring. Yeah, like, I, I good, got. But it's I like got a, the, I, I have a really good copy of that one. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like what do you talk about? It's just a lot of close-ups right. and like people walking. There's not a lot to work out. Yeah, they go back to Ferrix. It seems just me and you've talked about before because it was like they, they looks like there's a Ferrix set at, at Pinewood. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about that before. Like, um, there's not a lot. Like Bix sleeps with a blast in her bed. Like that makes sense because everyone she's been through. Vel yeah. has red hair now. Like Cassian has a slick look at the end. Mm-hmm. The most interesting thing about the Andal thing. Is that when they brought the, the cast out, they specifically said this is your cast for Andor season two, and Andy Circus was there, yeah. like he was on the stage, and they said this is the season two cast. Right. So they confirmed he is doing season two, which was a rumor like last week. So yeah, was it was it the, was it the Rancor guys in Spanish, Spanish Rancor site who got Paddy, it's a, Paddy and Hoff. Yeah. Oh, and Hoff and Hoff. Yeah, yeah, Peredidos and Hoth, I think, were the ones who yeah. had that. So, all right. So, following an intriguing teaser for Andor, Lucasfilm Studio Showcase panel moved on to the mysterious and anxiety project created by Leslie Headland, the Acolyte. Headland was introduced to the stage alongside a fully costumed Wookiee Jedi. Uh, missing an E on that Wookiee, bud. Uh, more, more on him. To a thunderous. My phone's auto corrects it for some reason. I've done it so often. Yeah. Um, Headland talked a little about the series, not giving much away, but emphasized that part of the reason she wanted to tell a story in the High Republic era is because the Jedi are all powerful and the Sith are now are low in numbers and thus the underdog due to there being such a small dark side threat. Headland said that she would that the wars waged in the Acolyte would be spiritual and those battles could be between siblings, parents and children. And master and apprentice. Headland went on to say that she actually pitched the acolyte to Kathleen Kennedy, and that part of her pitch was described describing the series as Frozen meets Kill Bill, and that the perspective uh, would be from that of the villains. Kathleen Kennedy jumped into to praise the work of Leslie Headland, and revealed that she was now seen four, she has now seen four completed episodes of the acolyte. And she was simply blown away by what she had seen. As the panel continued, cast members of the Acolyte were brought onto stage. The series led Amanda Stenberg, bodies, 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 who was dressed as Padme Amidala. She looked good, too. Um, from Attack of the Clones, Lee Jung Jay, Squid Game, Daphne Keene, Logan, Charlie Barnett. There's a lot of people and a lot more people and Jonas and a lot more people uh, took to the stage. With Jonas revealing that he was the Wookiee, that stepped on stage with Headland at the start of the Acolyte segment, revealing that he plays a character named Kelnaka. Kelnaka, it sounds like Chewbacca. Okay. So there we go. Um, the cast did not reveal any details regarding their characters. Uh, Jung Jae was specifically asked the name of his character, but he just referred to him as Jedi Master. 
before discussing his love of the Star Wars franchise. However, during Saturday's High Republic panel, it was revealed that Rebecca Henderson's character in Acolyte is named uh, Vernesta Rowe, a character taken from the various High Republic media. And we we saw a picture of there's a picture of her floating around. Have you seen it? Seen there's picture a picture of her now. Yeah. Yeah. She's in the trailer. She's in the trailer. She's she's on the, oh, okay. the door, I think. Okay. As the acolyte segment started to wind down, Hedlund revealed that the series is currently still filming and will wrap next month, with plans to release the series sometime in 2024. However, Hedlund wanted to give fans in the room a first look at the series, despite production ongoing. So I'm which I'm happy but and surprised that, that they did. Oh yeah, like I didn't think they'd show us. I thought they'd just show us like maybe some pictures. Yeah. That's what they were doing as it was going along. And uh, yeah, um, you can see the place in uh, Wales that they filmed in, at least part, one part of it, right? Uh, where I got chased by Buggy Man. Um, You're not made for like, what do you say? You're not made for this. I I ain't built for this. You know? I ain't built um, for this. So the yeah, so this a character scaling like a wall. With like mm-hmm. forest area, Ben. That's the area. That's, that's the area. Okay. Yeah. Is is that is that the area where like 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 there was like a reservoir you mentioned before, or something like that? Yeah. Like so, the area where you used to have a reservoir and it was like all drained like a long time ago. Yeah. And so that's that's where it would have been. So I assume that's what they're scaling. Mm-hmm. Um, and they then like I saw like a lot of water trucks up there. And they did put water back in this area and like covered it with uh, like dry ice and stuff. Yeah. So I think they use the area for like multiple things because I even think there's other stuff in there. Like you see like a forested area where all the Jedi are at the end, which could be it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it also looks like there's, we're jumping around timeline wise maybe because Jung Jay throughout that trailer has long hair for most of it. Whereas right. when we saw him in um, in Wales in the set photos, he had shorter hair. So I think he, that's a, I think that's a flashback because 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 Stenberg's wearing like is, wasn't she in some of that stuff when we got the, those photo leaks of her too and she was like a little Padawan. Her hair, her hair is shorter, yeah, yeah. But then again, I don't know because he has a metal hand when he's when he's in Brecon when he's in Wales. Yeah, I don't remember him having a metal hand in the trailer. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's food for thought. Because her hair is different as well. Like, but we see yeah. the one of the. No, I said I think she maybe she's like either a witch or like royalty, which looked like a Stenberg and like those other characters were like guarding her. Yeah, like it was a Zabrak woman, right? Right. Yeah. We see her quickly in the trailer, right? Like, mm-hmm. but she, but that's the only scene we see of that. Like, every time we see Stenberg, she has the long, like, dreads. Whereas when we've seen her in Wales, she had the short ones, but she's wearing the same clothes, right? So, I don't know if Stenberg cuts her hair. Like, all the stuff we saw is like the really early stuff, mm-hmm. and then, like, she cuts her hair, like, John Jay, like, he cuts his hair. Like, I don't know, like. But well, it, yeah, it, there's there's definitely a time jump somewhere. Probably, I don't think they all go to supercuts together. So there's there's so I think it it's definitely going to infer that there's a time jump in the show of some kind. I mean, other mm-hmm. way, other way you cut it, but yeah, it would be weird if he if he uh, oh you know what you know what it is, dude. Um, I re- actually remember looking at the photo. Now that I think about it, 
and I don't think he has a robot hand. I think oh, he has. Gloves? I think he has High Republic armor on his hands. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So but that, his hair that, was still different. His hair, still his, his like... hair is different. Yeah, his hair is different. So I, I, I think that that would still explain the uh, the uh, time jump though. Yeah, um, mm. the robot. It's not like he, you know, has a robot hand and a flesh hand. I'm pretty sure that's just, that that was just like armor. So, yeah, something like that. But we'll we'll have to like go back and look look at those photos again, and like you know mm. reassess it. But I think I remember coming to the conclusion it was uh it was armor. Yeah. So the uh, trailer opens with Lee Jung Jae's Jedi Master teaching a group of younglings inside the Jedi Temple. The trailer cuts to a mysterious purple hooded figure from behind making their way through a bustling town. Which is the set photos I had of Shinfield with that, like, the, uh, you don't know, there's, like, right? the archway. Yeah, it was, like, the archway. She walks through in, in this. There's the town they yeah. had in Arborfield Green, which is this place as well. Right. The mysterious figure walks into a bar of some sort, and we see them targeting a character played by Carrie Ann Moss, who appears to be a Jedi. The mysterious figure is revealed... The series to be the series lead, Amanda Stenberg, who's sporting red dreadlocks, black cloth mask, a metal plate on her chest, and what appears to be chainmail beneath as she swings a small dagger in an attempt to kill Moss. But Carrie Ann dodges every swing with ease. The trailer continues to show us Charlie Barnett's character using the Force, complete in the recognizable white and gold robes of the High Republic era Jedi. That was specifically fucking written for, for Chris. For Chris Spreezy, right here. Yeah. White and gold robes of the High Republic era Jedi. We see uh, two, two Nemodians aboard a starship in a quick shot, interspliced with Stenberg's character creeping around corners. Creepy, creepy, creepy. And Jung Jay's uh, continuing to teach the youngling. Uh, Stenberg whips out her dagger and swings it at an unknown character as Charlie Barnett ignited a yellow lightsaber whilst exploring caverns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we see as a, a Rebecca Henderson's Jedi character with white and gold robes opening a door in a Jedi temple with the Force and Manny Jacinto's character looking disheveled peeking around a corner. Joni Turner Smith's Turner Smith's character is uh it's turner right is it tuner or tuner turner it's turner i just fucked it up because okay i was no, really tired just, just making yeah no it's, it's okay i'm just making sure i'm not <laughs> saying it wrong turner characters is seen looking regal and what appears to be her follows the um open their hands in front of her as she walks through them we see stenberg swing at moss once again with her trust trusted dagger which is um blocked or yeah blocked by the force uh you, you can't you can't can't use the force on a dagger come on uh we see lee jung jay charlie bartnett and an unknown female character all jedi walking up a snowy mountain in the midst of a blizzard and then the final shot of the trailer sees lee jung jay and seven other jedi ignite their lightsabers in a force location so yeah so the i i'm i'm curious as to what the uh, kill bill aspect of this one is going to be you know like what I, Carrie Ann Moss seems to be the person who made her life not what she hoped it would be, right? That, that, that's a safe assumption. Yeah, it's an assumption. That's, the kill, that's but, the kill Bill aspect of it. Yeah. You know, um, it looked good. Like, I know, like, there's leaked trailers of it and whatnot, but it does, they definitely don't do it justice, especially Skeleton Crew. Right. Um, 
the acolyte, the the, the, the the acolyte stuff was weird as it was happening because they asked Jung Jae like like multiple times the name of his character and he wouldn't say it. Like right. he doesn't speak English. Like he had a translator. Yeah, and yeah. you know he just didn't say his name. Like and right. they they said it to him multiple times. He just didn't say it. So it was weird. Also, I don't know if. Daphne Keen and Charlie Barnes kind of spent like a ton of time with each other in the show, but mm-hmm. they had like real, real chemistry on stage. Okay. Like we got out and we were talking about them, and like I think it was probably like they they must be fucking because the, <laughs> their, their chemistry was yeah. like really nailed on. Yeah. Um, oh, um, so, yeah. By the way, yeah, it turns out in this era of the Jedi Order, you're not allowed to love but you were allowed to force fuck that that's that's permitted. Oh. yeah if you read the books you'd know that um if I, you but you have to yeah, read the I, books to know that so that's yeah. probably that's that's probably what what you were sensing there mm-hmm. but yeah, you um, could really feel it between them you know yeah and right. uh like Pevy couldn't work out who the girl was Daphne Keen. and once mm-hmm. he figured out it was logan his face like lit up like like all happy positive <laughs> and then he was sunken and was like i shouldn't feel what i feel you know? <laughs> I know. No, I, I, whenever you, whenever you go to look up featured images, like her, the actor for featured images and like her Instagram photos come up, I'm like, come on, man. You're like, are you like 15 or something? And then it's like, oh no, she's, she, she grew up. Logan grew up. All right. So, uh, oh, anything else that we should hit on, on, on Ahsoka? I mean, on, on Acolyte, not Ahsoka. Um, not a lot. They, again, it was very weird how they were treating that thing in the room. Like they were, it seems as if they were pressing for information. They did the same thing with Ando, actually. Mm-hmm. They kept saying, like, oh, this can't be the end. They can't be the end of um, of Ando. Like, they kept saying it, and they almost felt like he was going to just say, no, we, you know, there's a season three. Yeah. That's how it felt, because they, they said it multiple times to him. And right. it wasn't just say, said in, like, a normal way. It was, like, clearly a phoned in, like, I don't know, it was very weird how like, it was like, a it was lot like of part of the script kind of is what you're saying like it was yeah it was part of the script and it was it was just very strange like and it was definitely part of the script because i was watching the monitor on the wall like i knew what was coming before like it was put on the screen like put on the stage yeah and it was all in there like other than what the actors and the talent said so you'd see all the questions like from kathy and what kathy's supposed to say and the host and there's there'd be nothing from uh, the actors and the talent, so right. they were sticking to the script and asking mm-hmm. Gilroy that like, this isn't the end of it. Surely the second season can't be the end. And they did it multiple times to him. Yeah, you know, like and it was very odd. Like I said, it was weird when they did it to Jung Jay, like trying to get his character name. It's mm-hmm. weird when they did it to Gilroy, and it was like, honestly, yeah. it honestly felt like they were going to announce the third season of Andor, like right. in how that question was going so yeah yeah like 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 with 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 jung jai there might have been a maybe he was allowed to say his name and and then he just like you know didn't or you know what i mean like like the something was lost in translation and he didn't say yeah it. because because they've given the names of like two characters in that show now like mm-hmm. over the last two days yeah so yeah maybe they could have given his name i don't know but he just refers to them as jedi master <laughs> yeah all right well okay so the uh, description of the star wars skeleton crew trailer shown at celebration so despite the lucasfilm um, studio showcase at celebration 
Oh, sorry. During the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase at Celebration, Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy brought out John Favreau and Dave Filoni to discuss the third season of The Mandalorian. They showed audience in the room a handful of minutes from season three, episode seven, which saw um, Ella Kane in the underbelly of Coruscant, Ella Kane, whatever, equipped with the Blade Runner esque visuals, down to the Deckard trench coat. Uh, met with an Imperial probe droid, which launched a hologram of Moff Gideon. Gideon and Kane conversed, with Kane revealing that Gideon's plan to use the pirates to attack Navarro had failed due to a mission led by Bo-Katan Kreese. Gideon, frustrated with matters, decided to take things into his own hands. The Moff meets with the Shadow Council, a group of other high-ranking Imperials, who take orders and from Grand Admiral has- Thrawn. Mm-hmm. As he's walking into this room, he's walking past all of the point guards that you reported on. Yeah. You see yeah. them all. There's about six of them as yeah. he walks past. And I don't know if it's out. That I assume it's out. They're clones. They're clones of him. Yeah. Like the clones of him and they're an evolution of the Dark Trooper, which means right. there was Gideons in the Dark Troopers somehow. Kind of. Like, Sounds like it. Yeah. And this then also correlates back to the Pershing episode mm-hmm. where he was, when he was on stage talking about, um, when he's giving his TED talk about, he was working for an individual who was using, who was using the cloning like technology for his own personal use. Right. And for his, his want of power. We all took it as, oh, that's Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Right. In this room where they discuss that, it's, like there's a project necromancer mm-hmm. which is seemingly the Palpatine one why they want the cloning technology and they're saying that he has been using his he's been using the clone technology for himself on an operation on navarro yeah which you know he doesn't deny he can like you know but he's like oh come on are we all doing our own individual things like aren't we all you know right but, yeah uh, I, so, I i have i have the uh the uh, footage of that and, oh and, uh, yeah, yeah. I've got the the, the photos yeah. there too. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, and the and I, w- yeah. I watched it. And what what's kind of like occurred to me about it is, I'm now of the opinion that it Gideon wanted Grogu because he wants to try to he wants to try to make a force a version of himself. He could use the force. Mm-hmm. And in the I don't know, if I, I it's not very clear in the footage that you know it's gone around or whatever. Yeah. But like he walks past like a lot of um. Like of those like tube things with people in them, you don't see their faces. Yeah, he walks past a bunch of them, and like obviously, when we saw this, like the first this ten minutes or whatever that, that we saw, we didn't have the context of like who were in the point guards. We didn't know he was doing that. Like so, we thought like oh, like in those things are like Snokes or versions yeah. of Snokes, um, which was exciting. But yeah, so yeah, so uh, let me so. Why do you think Gideon wanted the pirates to attack Navarro? It seems as if the he wants uh, to distract the New Republic or something. Mm-hmm. Like he, because he he said like after the tag they, um, like he said the, the New Republic wouldn't get involved. They wouldn't, um, but like they said that like but the New Republic have looked into it since. So I thought right. maybe he would try he would try and distract the New Republic from something else. Mm-hmm. Because he's now taking it upon himself, like he says, he's gonna go to Mandalore and like fuck him up. Yeah, you know, like, like he is now going to them to like stop it because they're ruining his plans. 
So I don't know. Like I like because I don't understand why he would run want to retake Navarro because he his little cloning operation is not approved by the Shadow Council and by Thrawn, which yeah. he's talking to the Shadow Council about, like yeah. about what the Mandalorians are doing. So it's like what, it doesn't make sense for him then to be like, okay, this is for the greater good of all of us. They're taking this one planet because of my little cloning operation. I want to take it back. Because they won't allow it. They are in full disagreement with, about his cloning operation. So right. I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to figure out, is, is does he want it back? Or is it because Navarro's, you know, strategically a port in an important place in the galaxy, which is what um, Grief Cargo had said. It's like, you know, one of like one of the, the last stops or whatever he says, like until you get to weirder places. And so I was like wondering if it was like a strategic reason, but whatever it is, like reading between the lines from what I could see, it's not clear. So no, it's definitely not clear. So shortly after the Mandalorian footage, Kennedy played a short clip of skeleton crew creators, John Watson, Christopher Ford, who apologized for not being at the event as they're too busy with post-production of the series and that they sent a friend in their absence. One of the leads of the series, Jude Law took to the stage uh, to the joy of the crowd before bringing out the child actors he worked with in the series. Ravi Cavett, uh, Conyers, Kriana Cratter, and Robert Timothy Smith. The kids I were... think yeah. Timothy Smith is the Max Rebo kid. Oh, okay. And there's, okay. There was another one missing. Uh, I can't remember her name. It's like Raya or something. Right. Ryan. She's the Firestarter girl. The remake of Firestarter came out like last year. Right. It's her. Okay. But she apparently made the trip, but then got ill when she was here. Hmm. The, the the kids revealed that they were all introduced to Star Wars by their fathers, as the panelists jokes that the fathers showing their kids Star Wars is what keeps them in business. Um, the crew on stage talked a little bit about how the series was conceived, with John Favreau stating that John Watts pitched him a loose version of Skeleton Crew before the launch of Disney Plus, and that Watts had also spoke to with Kathleen Kennedy due to their experience with 80s Amblin films, something they wanted to evoke in the series, which Kennedy was happy to help with. Filoni added that the series focuses on a group of children who are seeking an adventure and go off on one without their parents' knowledge. As they were getting ready to sign off, Favreau teased footage to be shown for those in attendance before a teaser trailer was played. So there's something kind of big in there that mm -hmm. it was conceived before? They even launched Disney Plus. Yeah, that's something they said like quite clearly. Yeah. Um, Favreau said I was working on Spider Man, and which he said before. We we've heard him say this before. Yeah. And we all took it as oh, he was filming No Way Home, like the last Spider Man movie, which was shot in 2020, and that's where he the idea came from. No, he must have had this pitch filmed on Spider Man Far From Home, right. which was filmed in 20. 17 okay so this has been in the works for that many years was that five years yeah so yeah. wow yeah and again they when they talked about like going to kennedy as well um it seems as if she was pretty involved in shaping it from yeah. what they were saying on stage and i know a lot of people always complain like oh Kathy's micromanaging or whatever, like she gets right. involved with the project. But in this one, it's like, of course, she should be involved. Like, oh, if yeah. you don't get Spielberg to come in and help you with it, 
you go and get Kathy to come in and help you with it if you want to evoke classic 80s Amblin, you know? And yeah. and John Watts himself, like, he's very good at, like, evoking things of the past. Like, with the Spider-Man stuff, he wanted, you know, the cast to all watch, like, John Hughes movies. Right. And they were all kind of inspired by that. And you can definitely get those feel, those feel of that in, in those Spider-Man movies. So for him to team up with Kathy and you know, evoke the eighties Amblin feel, I think I think that was a smart choice. And throughout the trailer you can definitely feel it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's I mean, she basically was like the co one of the co runners of Amblin back then. Like of mm -hmm. course she would be involved in in, you know, all of that. She knows everything about it, you know. The trailer begins with a group of school kids seemingly bored with life, looking longingly in their classroom and seeking adventure. As the trailer progresses, we hear voiceovers from various lead groups discussing going on an adventure as shots of them taking a speeder bike through a forest. They take their speeder bikes at the dead of night and venture out into the unknown full of glee. The next morning, the kids' parents realize they've gone missing and the trailer intercuts uh, the parents trying to find their children. By the way, I like how the dad, the, 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 the dark skin man has like big seventies looking glasses. Like mm -hmm. it's an Amblin yeah. era film. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, yeah, yeah. that's perfect. Uh, with holograms asking them to return home we see the children take a ship and whip around the galaxy encountering various foes including pirates which includes vane from the mandalorian and droids um the the, the kids seemingly end up in a prison of some sort where they meet jude law who uses the force to unlock them from their cell so he's not the, the not the kind of teacher i thought he was he's no that's why i said i didn't <laughs> heavy i was like he's not the teacher we thought <laughs> Nope. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, and again, like the trailers, that's probably like one of the shortest trailers we saw. It was about one thirty yeah. or something in length. Um and there's not a lot to like it's hard to kind of write that one because there is a lot of just shooting and chasing. Like it was, there's... it was it was it was showing you the Amblin style. Exactly. It was showing yeah. you like like the way that it that that light is being used, the trucking mm -hmm. shots, the shot from the perspective of of the ch of the children more and stuff like that. And it, it but it was fucking on, and it was yeah. like it was. I mean, it even looks better than what JJ did with that one movie. Um, what's the one? Uh, Super Eight. Super Eight. Yeah, I felt like I felt like it was this was capturing it more than Super Eight did. And That's the thing. Show. So yeah, like as we were watching it, I was kind of like blown away by just how it looked visually like this is a volume series and it's like it doesn't look like ahsoka it doesn't look like mando or any of it like it it really does stand above those and like yeah. i know like there's leaked trails of it like people posted it to reddit and whatever but like mm -hmm. it does not do any of it justice for how we saw it and like i said it really does capture the amblin feel like you know, there's obviously people who probably hasn't watched Hamlet movies, and we hear them outside saying, like, oh my god, it reminds me of Stranger Things. Mm. Like, which again, is inspired by 80s Hamlet movies. Yeah. And uh, if if people are getting that vibe from this, that's only a positive. Like, yeah. watching watching the trailer, like, I, yeah, it, it, I'm, it's funny, like, I'm excited for Ahsoka, and everything we know about it is really exciting. But mm -hmm. Skeleton Crew now is like, it feels like a a breath of fresh air and something new and different for Star Wars in this time period, um, yeah. and I'm so excited for it now. Like the the sh the show looks really good. Um, there's shots, there's various like pictures they showed which haven't gone online, 
Um, in the trailer, they don't have like Jude Law outside of just like the cell shot. So he he lifts a key with the force and like pushes it to them, and then um, you see him like walking. I think after that, then as it just says skeleton crew. But the shots they've shown us that he is piloting a ship or the yeah. ship that they commandeered. I, I yeah I I I saw the uh, ship down at the set that one day when I went mm-hmm. down there. Yeah, so he's so he does pilot it at some point. He mm-hmm. is really disheveled looking. He he looks like he seems some rough times. Like that picture we had of him um, with the kid stood behind him. I think it was a D twenty three. Like that's him on one of his better days because right. he like I said he looks rough. He looks homeless. He looks like he's he's had a hard time. Um, they don't explain how the I, I wouldn't expect to, to explain it, but they don't really give you any context how the kids end up in a, in a jail. Yeah, like they're like they nick they clearly steal a ship, but they must have the ship back when you see Jude Law pilot in it. It yeah. also seems that the Max Rebo kid is the pilot of the ship, mm-hmm. like for when they first steal it. Um, because yeah, he, Max... he, he, he doesn't seem the Max Rebo kid doesn't seem to be with them at home, right? Or is he? I can't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember him. I don't remember him in the school shots. Yeah. I don't remember him because the kids like even when they open like their like like garage, right? Like it's a very eighties looking shot. They go in there like you you know if it was an eighties, you get your you you know your bicycles and like r- run away. Right. They go in there and get speeder bikes and then just mm-hmm. see them like going through the forests and like um I, I don't see I don't remember the Max Rebo kid doing that yeah. either. So, but I remember the the other the three other actors in that. Um, so they either meet Max the Max Rebo kid later, or Max Rebo kid was like went before them and got the ship ready for them to steal, and then they meet at the at the ship and go something like that. And then it would make sense that they end up in jail, and then he helps them escape, and then that's when he pilots the ship because he steals the ship that they were yeah, and then they leave from there, right? I mean, that's what's also what's also interesting about the the parents aspect is there's like the black guy and mm-hmm. a white woman, mm-hmm. and they seem to be the parents of the kids, right? The kid, like, but none of those kids look like they're related to those. Hmm. So do you, do you think maybe maybe the kids are like refugees I, of the of the Return of the Jedi War or something? You know, the kids maybe. who. And like they, they've just taken them in because remember yeah. there was like there were like stories like in like aftermath and stuff about like all of those kids who were like uh who were uh like orphaned and stuff so maybe mm-hmm. like they have a background similar to that you yeah know? because and, the the father is going into different rooms of where they live and he's saying the names of the kids and they're not they yeah so the kids must all live together they must be siblings or at least two of them but then again we don't see any other parents looking for these kids. Right. Like it's those two all the time, specifically the guy who's going to like, he's seemingly doing things in an office. He's looking at a droid suspiciously. He's, he's in the holograms. You hear the mother, like she sent it a message um, and a voiceover that we hear, like, but we don't see any other parents, which means they must be the sole parents in this movie. Like right. all those kids must be like related, maybe not by blood, but they you assume they are. Right. Um. Yeah, Vane. He's in it. He seems to be working for a different pirate gang. I assume at this point. I like how like Reddit as well was like, "Oh, 
he was sort of right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. no, I said, I didn't specifically tell you which pirate. I didn't really know. Actually, I did know which pirate, and I couldn't really say out of, like, Jason knows why I couldn't say. Like, yeah. I knew which pirate w- would be there. Yeah. Like, but, um, and I never said go shot. I just used him as the thumbnail because, mm-hmm. like, he's the most recognizable pirate. But, like, yeah. Well, they, they, they told me this week that I haven't got anything right. And then, like, yesterday I got like 15 things right. It was like, whatever, guys, whatever, that's, Reddit. That's the thing. Like, yeah. So, like, yesterday, like, um, a bunch of people who I who came up and spoke to me and met me, they were like, oh my God, you got this right today, this, this, this. And then they mentioned you, like, Jason got this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Like, Everybody who was there who like follows our stuff, yeah, all four of us first when they saw that. So when they saw like <laughs> Balon and Shin, they were like Jason like said their names and he said what they look like and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like same thing with Hera, like and 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 Vane, like people come to me with those and it was just like yeah, well I don't know, I don't know why I read it would say you didn't get anything right. There's like a lot of stuff like Jita Patel, like oh like there's a lot of it. You know, well, I mean, the, I mean, Mecha Grogu happened, the crusty old guy happened, all of the stuff on Mando that they were saying, like, it's like, but you know, I, what can you do? People, people are weird. They're, out of the, the trailers right. you watch, which is the ones that like stands out to you? Yeah, actually, it's not because it's just the last one, but Skeleton Crew is the one that I'm like, that I was the most excited mm-hmm. for. That that's the one yeah. that I, I, I want to see. And, and like, uh, yeah, like, like Lobo says, Lobo says foster home or, or an orphanage. See, I think the foster home slash orphanage thing makes a lot of sense because we have these kids who are now meeting up with the Jedi. Mm-hmm. One of them is going to have the power of the, the, the yeah, and and if they're all related, then they would all have the power. But if they were all orphans, some might have it, some might not, which would make for a more interesting, you know, kind of combination of friends in that mm-hmm. in that like kind of scenario. And what I also find super interesting about it is that it like. What's the the fucking first like rule of uh, of, of Jediing that we always hear, and it's um, in the original Star Wars films. It's um, it's it's adventure, excitement. A Jedi craves not these things. Mm-hmm. These kids leave to go on an adventure, <laughs> like, and they yeah. need a Jedi. So it's like right there, like like the whole thing, like the you know. So that sets up who one of them. Um, has to have actually sort of go on a, on a long journey if it, this does become a Jedi story, a Jedi Master Apprentice kind of like story, and and if it goes that way at, at all, and um, which was too too good to not, I would say, I would have to imagine it does go that way, and that these characters do, you know, or one of them will end up being some sort of you know product of that, and uh, you know, and also has interesting. Could, could mean very interesting things for, you know, what happens to them in the in the future books and stuff like that as well. But yeah, so anyways, that that's the the Amblin thing and those directors is what has me the most excited, you know, about about that. Like, I think Acolyte's going to be good, but I feel like I feel like I feel like Acolyte might not Acolyte might not be a week to week show where you're just like mm-hmm. every week you're like, oh, I got my little Star Wars fix of my my dopamine hit. I feel like that one's going to be like might might be more of a slow burn, with like you know, plotting out and getting revenge and stuff and like, uh, but I feel like that one that one right there if it's not cringy like my my fear. So I loved what I saw of the Amblin stuff, mm-hmm. but there's that one shot where the girl with the visor and the other girl I think it's another girl coming like frame together. 
I got a mm -hmm. bit of a spy kids feeling off of that. And I'm like, I do mm -hmm. not want spy kids. Mm -hmm. So, so if it, if it, if it feels like they went for Amblin, but they got spy kids, then I think it will be not my favorite show, <laughs> but if it, if it goes full Amblin all the time and it, and it truly is that, then um, that's, that's the thing I'm the most excited for. I've always wanted Spellberg to do a star Wars thing before he, before he retired. And I, I'm, I feel like that ship is probably passed. Probably, yeah. probably never going to happen at this point. So, do you do you think the Mark Rebo kid is the junk? I would have to think so because you don't want to put a real kid on screen and repeatedly fat shame them week to week, and mm -hmm. like, and then also say you have to stay fat. You can't be mm -hmm. anything but the fat boy, you know, kind of thing. So, if you get a performer who's you know not fat and could go into the suit and stuff like that, like. You know, and I'm not saying they would actually go out full on like fat shaming the kid and bullying him, but it, it does have to be like, oh no, chunks eating, you know, the candy is not supposed to, you know, that kind of shit. So you know, yeah. you, you, so that that that's what that that's what I would assume. But yeah, the Max Rebo kid as well, like he's barely in the trailer. Like I only yeah. really remember him on in the one shot when he's piloting the ship that they steal. Right. I don't really remember him outside of that, but you, I do see the other kids. Yeah, like even when they're in jail, I don't remember the the Max Rebo kid. Okay, do you like you've seen the trailer as well? Like, I, I, yeah, I need to, I need to go through it again and like and like watch it like again. And I'm gonna screen cap it all and like this week and like go shot by shot and mm -hmm. all of all of the uh, trailers. And um, because because I almost have a false. I think I think it's a false memory of the kid in the school right now. Um, and I don't the elephant kid, the the Max Rebo kid in the school, but I don't think that's I don't think that happened. So I don't I, I, remember it, but like, because obviously it starts with the Encanto kid, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's right. the Encanto kid just staring off, like, looking like bored with his life. And yeah. it's his voiceover that we hear where he's like, Do you not just ever want to go on an adventure? Like, do you not want excitement? And he seems to be the one that despises the rest of the kids to like go with him. We also yes, see okay. him like, Okay, going yeah, yeah, yeah. Max Rebo kid is in the school with him, he is in the school. He is, yeah, yeah. He's in the he's in the uh, the classroom shot. Oh, let me see if I, this video does not want to let me uh, rewind. So, so yeah. So then the Max Rebo kid is is he one of the kids that they that they have as well? Then, or is he just a classmate? You know, they they, they may just be all classmates who who all kind of like you know. Escape. So where's the other parent? Where's where's the Max Rebo parents, man? You know what I mean? I want to see them. Yeah, right. I want to see a Max Rebo family. You know, well, I'm I'm trying to get the uh, shot. Okay, so right here, um, I think I got it right here. Yeah, that's the Max Rebo kid. So he's boarding yeah. class. So yeah, he is. He is in there. So, so yeah, I, I'm guessing that. Yeah, I'm guessing that. Yet they all just, uh, you know. Have a little, you know, ET Amblin style gang, and and I guess you could say too, like when you think back to ET, Elliot's mom and his older brother are all up in that stuff, but you don't really see the other parents um, of the right. gang and stuff out there. So maybe we just chalk it up to bad parents who don't mm -hmm. like their kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think what's interesting is like when that trailer ends, it just says now in production. Mm -hmm. It didn't give a date. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't say a date on stage, which they did for everything else. Like Tony Gilroy said, 
and or will come out in August next year. He said August. Um, not the usual thing where he said like, "Oh, it'll be roughly August." He should have said August. Yeah. Um, Leslie August Headland. Well. Leslie Headland said just next year, like she was just all she would say. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they gave August for this year for Ahsoka, and with that one, it didn't say anything. Like John Favreau, Dave Filoni didn't say it. Um, Jude Lord, nobody, and then obviously in the trailer, just is now in production. And if I it was wonder, coming out, if it was coming out this Christmas time, do you think the trailer would be hitting soon? I yeah, like I would say about four months out, we they the public would get the trailer. Yeah, right. Like we're in that position with Ahsoka right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we get a trailer in August, I'd say we get it in December. But yeah. And again, now that Ahsoka is slightly earlier than we thought, then there's a better chance of Skeleton Crookner, because when we were working it out, we were like, that's too close. Yeah. Like, and now that Ahsoka's coming a bit earlier, then... And again, I don't think they've nailed down the Ahsoka date either, because it just mm-hmm. says August. It doesn't say, like, August 23rd or something. That's my birthday. Good job. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't... Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think they've nailed that down. I don't think they've probably officially nailed down a skeleton crew date either. Right. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I didn't like that when it just said now in production. I was like, no. Especially when the trailer's so good. I'm like, I want you to fucking tell me when this is coming out. I, I guess it's you know? I guess it's better than them telling us it's it's coming out November 10th and then it just does. They, they, they say I just no. I wanted them to say like kidding. 2023. You know what I mean? I just wanted yeah. that. But uh, again, now knowing kind of the vibes of it like obviously we've always been told but seeing it with our own eyes mm-hmm. that's the perfect show to start like say a thanksgiving and take it all throughout christmas you know yeah. like that that would be the best time to release that show and right. i hope they market it really well i hope that people get on board because it really it looks really good i know there's been so much shit behind the scenes like with how people were treated and all the people that were let go and apartments just fucking ruined and just dissolved and so many people quit and like the mental health issues that it all it all brought to people you know and again that's not the, necessarily the fault of you know the cinematographers and the people helping craft that show like those are the people suffering yeah you know um but what they've made at least from the trailer looks to be something quite great thanks you know? for your and, suffering yeah and the, the <laughs> The directors they brought on as well, I don't know if like that adds to the what we saw, but like in, in the quality of yeah. it, I, I you'd assume it have to, right? Because like they were on stage and said, "You have assembled a team of rock stars for this," and they had, you yeah, know, yeah. and um, them confirming who was doing it again. Me and you had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. We were like, it's so stupid they just don't just tell you mm-hmm. who's directing these things because like it then becomes a story for somebody like me and you to report like. Jita Vatel is like doing an episode. Yeah. Like th- this week, they just showed you all these Hoka directors. I'm like, you should just be doing this in general. Like, this is a good thing that you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, it's, it's easy PR for them. Yeah. You know, like, I'm sure they'd want to announce it themselves than me and you doing it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll but... gladly keep doing it though if they don't want to. Oh, yeah. You know, 100%. Get on it. Again, yeah. though, me being an idiot. When they when they brought the kids out, I was like, ah, oh, like you know, maybe I was right by not reporting like the one kid I heard was in this. 
mm-hmm. then they showed the fucking trailer and there's the fire started killing. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> like, I did it again. You know, like I yeah. fucked myself up. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, all, all of it looks great. What was Rob's takes? I didn't have a chance to uh, to watch the show yesterday because I was like traveling so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, he hasn't he hasn't really given his take because um, most of the good the trailers I got, like he and I actually watched after. Um, right. we, we did like a little private screening on, on here without anybody mm-hmm. watching. So we didn't get, you know, taken down. And, um, so he saw most of the, most of that, that, that stuff there. And like, you know, so but Rob, Rob will, will, he's seen them all. And we're going to, like I said, screen, I'm going to screenshot them all. We're going to go, like, go, go through all, all of it. And so Rob, Rob will give his deeper takes on that stuff. I think, um, probably Tuesday on, um, mm-hmm. Monday, I can't say it in case he's watching, but I'm taking the kids to um, um, a, a super place that they've always mm-hmm. wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm going to take them there on Monday. So I don't think there'll be a show on Monday. Since there's an extra Saturday show, I think that's okay, though. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but on, so on, and the, the plan is on Tuesday for me and Rob to break down all of the screenshots and anybody else who, who wants to um, show up. And Rob is listening right now. He's always watching. Wait, is that Filoni or is that you? Because Flone is like, I'm always watching. Kind of, <laughs> I thought, I thought Rob, like, I thought that's what the show was yesterday. Like, the Rob was like on here with you and he like dissected it all. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't know like what it got out and what hadn't at that point. Yeah. Like, I obviously, like, the, what was shown, the descriptions of it and everything, but like, I didn't know when or if the trailers had hit. Right. You know, somebody in that yeah. room fucking live streamed it, dude. Like, <laughs> like, fair play to them. But, uh, yeah, yeah no. Um, no, I'll be interested in hearing Rob's takes on them all. Um, yeah, me too. I, I me hope too. he enjoyed most of the trailer shown because I generally think they they all look pretty good. Um, yeah. If he's skeptical of the movies happening, you know, I think we all are. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not. I, I this time I'm not. I, I feel like I feel like they're gonna do these. It's ones. the hope that kills you, man. You're not supposed to, right? I, I like, think. I think. I think these. I think this is the time. I think they, this. This is the the time. <laughs> These are the ones that they're they're gonna do them. It's it's gonna happen. I, I think they'll do some of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they'll do some of them. Mangolds. I don't know. Yeah. Listen, I'm more confident in that indie movie now than I've ever been. Like I've always thought it'll be good because he's a very talented writer and director. Yeah. But if for some reason somehow that movie doesn't hit critically and commercially, which point. I think they sh- it should. Hmm. They might be like, hey, maybe this isn't the guy. Like, yeah. you know, and that might just be like, oh, yeah, he's busy. He's busy with Swamp Thing. Busy, oh, now he's busy, busy. busy. Like, and it just eventually just trickles away from our memories and he's no longer on board. Yeah. You know, I hope right. that's not the case because his movie sounds very intriguing and I'm very interested in it. And he's obviously very, very talented. Um, yeah. And again, Indy looks great. That like six minutes we, we saw was was fantastic like it was everything you wanted from indiana jones it was funny it was intense it was thrilling it was just full of adventure and full of like again good rapport between him and and phoebe and um yeah it, it's what you want even like down to the little short round kid like he was funny like when he's on on the back of the thing shouting, well she's got gambling debts too like mm-hmm. there's like it was great you know um yeah. so i think he's he'll be you know a great at it obviously like he's fantastically he did with logan as well but yeah, yeah, I yeah. I just that's the one I'm like, you're the outlier, you know? Right. 
Right. Well, and it's the it's the one that we would assume is the furthest one away, 100%. which means a lot of shit could happen between now and then. But and Rob says nothing could stop the man gold. Can the man's get the gold at the bugs office? I I I think it's gonna do pretty pretty well. I think like Mission Impossible is gonna do really well. Obviously, I think it's obvious that it, that that Mission Impossible will perform. Um, I am skeptical about families going to see Mission Impossible. Whereas I think that that's what indie gets that Mission Impossible doesn't necessarily have. Like I'm taking the kids to see indie. I, well, I I might see Mission Impossible, but I definitely won't be taking the kids to see Mission Impossible. There's like two or three. There's like two or three weeks between indie and, and Mission Impossible, anyway, right? Yeah. I think so, so what's the what does indie come after? Because that all of June is like ridiculous, right? There's like a big film every week. There's the yeah. Flash. Black. Yeah, all I remember is is that seemed to matter to Indy, where, where, where Flash having legs or something, Indy, and then Indy getting cut off by Mission Impossible. That was sort of like mm-hmm. maybe where it might hit a huge huge drop, but potentially. But I what's but Flash? I, Flash is like, what June sixteenth. Yeah, Indy like June thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Is Spider Verse like June second or something? Mm-hmm. Like. Somewhere. His biggest competition in terms of families is Flash. Right. You know? And yeah. even when you factor in nostalgia as well with Michael Keaton returning in, in, into that movie, like, that's his biggest competition. It's not, like, necessarily Mission Impossible. Yeah, like, it could kneecap it, maybe. But again, like I said, I don't see families going for Mission Impossible. Right. Um, Mission Impossible succeeds from probably, like, teenagers all the way to people in the 60s just, just you know, like act, yeah just straight up action people are going to be mm-hmm. like you know give me that and yeah. um and and indiana jones obviously has that too that that's where at first, when the trailer started and indy's sleeping i was like oh are you guys fucking serious guys come mm-hmm. on like you're you're selling this movie wrong what are you doing and i was like okay never mind it's fine mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. was just it was just trying to show up like a guy who's about to retire and then oh no not today indy you know yeah so fine, it's fine. But all right, well, have we have we done it all? Have we have we hit everything? I think so. Unless there's anything else you want to cover. Oh, Tales of the Jedi. Oh shit, I forgot. I actually had that. That's the I had one that thing up. you said we had to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I even I even had like the the, uh, the I had the little tweet up and everything, but then I think I I took it down to to start showing old uh, old man Thrawn. Wait, did I lose the tweet? You know what? No, it's a it's a screenshot. Let me see. Here it goes. They announced the second season of Tales of the Jedi. Did they say anything else in relation to it? Is it going to be focusing on Ahsoka again for a number of episodes? Is it just that? <laughs> Is that's, that when, when, when I was prepping for the show, that was all that we had. So if anything else came out, then it, it beats me. I don't know, know what else what else they like said. Like I, I figured that that there there would be more because I don't think I don't think it really requires as much from 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 Filoni, like in the in an immediate way all the time i think he's able to like kind of the, the, there's not that that much to them they're not they're kind of short start they're long shorts to to put yeah. it nicely and then he um you know he and he might have already a fucking d- mapped this shit out a long time ago and just knows what he wants it to be and stuff so but they're they're, they're doing it uh add that to rob's wrong rob's wrong because Rob said we won't be getting those anymore, and there it is. Did he say that because Floney's doing a movie? Yeah, yeah. But oh, okay. But 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 most likely th- this would this would have been 
Rob's probably essentially right, but this probably w- would have been put into, you know, movement before the movie was whatever, wherever it's at. I don't even, I don't even know, like for, for all we, I don't even know, like there's so many what and ifs about that movie, about where it could be, like what has to happen first? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know what I mean? What has to be written before that movie can be written? Is like mm-hmm. you know, or is that is, is there already a draft of this movie written because Filoni's like fucking wanted this and like worked for it and like you know and did he you know is he doing the Sherlock Holmes thing where you write the end of the mystery and then you write everything else backwards and is that what they've done I, I don't know what their methodology is going to be for for that but you know if you have this big idea for this big event it could be he could kind of be doing that so like I said he could be further along than we think. Or he might not even be anywhere near near ready to start writing, like until he says probably something no, else. Probably no. You might have already like done like kind of mapped those out like when he did the first part of it, the first mm-hmm. season of it. Right. Um, maybe maybe it's already in development. Maybe they're already animating it and putting it together. Like yeah, I don't know. But it's it's weird that we just say yeah, just this happening, and then like that's it. Yeah, you know, because when Floridian first announced Tales of Jedi, like he said like. Three episodes will focus on Soka. Three will focus on Kanduku. Like, I'm surprised they haven't said like anything to do with that. There's no date. I didn't think there would be a date, but like, maybe you've just been like, yeah, we'll see some stories with Ahsoka or like some of the some of the prequel era Jedi or something. I, don't I know. mean, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, and there's like reasons that maybe like, for instance, what if what if it's uh, what if it's showing like Balin. Mm-hmm. When he was a Jedi Order sixty six. What if it's like filling in some of the stuff that he's telling now, and and what if it's you know and so they might they might hold that because they don't maybe they don't I don't know what they put out entirely but I don't know have they have they confirmed that he's an Order sixty six survivor yet? No. Okay. They so, said everything to do with those two. It, right? Yeah. So so when the Ahsoka series comes out, they want you like that's where they want you to learn that not on making Star Wars. And um, so they're going to go in. So it might be in the aftermath of that, that we learn like that's what it, 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 something like that or who that, who that inquisitor is and stuff like, like it could be his have, stuff now. I have a minor complaint about this Oga trailer. But okay. Every, everybody dropping in the frame. That's what kind of bothered they, me. Yeah. They, they all look a bit too clean. Yeah. Like Balan, like seeing him, like when he's doing the, the, the Vader hallway scene, like, mm-hmm. he just looks too clean. But then when you see Shin, which is, I assume is the same ship that she's on, that he's on, she looks a bit dirtier and she looks a bit more, like, lived in in her yeah, outfit. She is a yeah, girl. she looks good. She looks good. Like, oh, she sorry. looks, like, kind of ferocious yeah. as well, like, you know. But, um, yeah, everybody looks a bit clean, a bit too clean, which has been a complaint we've had for the California, like, Dave Filoni, Favreau run stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I hope that's not the case. Yeah, again, actually, so. in the in the Ahsoka trailer, there, there, there's like a, there's like a shot of of Hera with an imperial, uh, not imperial, um, like a general Maidine guy, a dark skinned mm-hmm. man in like a general Maidine outfit, and the Maidine outfit compared to the real Maidine outfit looks like it's like fucking party city. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I was like, yeah. come on, like guys, like like that's and so. You know, and that that kind of lines up with some of the stuff that it, I had heard about. Uh, you know, th- this current era down there of mm-hmm. stuff trying to be made on too cheap and not, and then and then them going mm-hmm. like, oh no, we need to make it good now and having to redo shit and everything like that. So it doesn't surprise me. That that I don't get it. Kind like of that. goes to the conversation we had earlier with how Hera looks. We said it does not look right. Yeah. You know, 
Um, yeah. Because yeah. the skeleton crew, like even what we've seen in the trailer, that that doesn't look like Ahsoka. Like it doesn't look clean. Right. You know. And and that's that's kind of like um, there is a a chance. Just just gonna throw it out there. Th- th- there's a chance that it. Uh, it's probably not the case, but there's a chance that they're gonna do one side of the stuff where it's like in the Republic, everything is looking a little bit like it's um, a little too clean. And then we might get, when we get to the latter half of it, that might be where it gets to to like make like a juxtaposition between now and then. And like, you know what I mean? But I'm with you though. Like if you're going to do that, you still need to at least hit lived in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I don't think it does, but I'm wondering if that's what it is, but probably not. It's probably just yeah. all gonna look like yeah, that yeah. the whole time. Like my my other gripe is uh when she cuts the floor, like the perfect circle, like the thing is like it's like three feet thick. It's mm-hmm. like what the fuck? Like like it's just a little bit ridiculous <laughs> how how she falls evenly on that in that way. It that stuff works on a cartoon, but it, it it's a little bit weird. If there's too much of that in the show, it will be like it'll be a little. Are we assuming that when she cuts through the floor and like? traverses through that like i assume that's where the world between world thing is yeah because she's out of jedi temple right because i remember like when i first got the f- pictures of the, of the legs yeah i like showed it to you and you we were like because you i took the picture and then you pointed out to me it was like that's fucking feet and legs dude yeah and then and i, I, I like, went, I went oh, down yeah. there and I, I took a bunch of pictures of the feet yeah and i'm like yeah. looking at it, i was like there, there's like, some giant you know, job. yeah like, yeah, Sketchcraft's all, nah, Jason, it's a six-part miniseries about a tossed salad that becomes Pirate Hut. Felonious D. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, no, it's, so was, yeah. That, that, and that's, that, that set with the, with the foot is where she's fighting those, like, droid guards. Droids, yeah. Yeah. So, I think when she goes down there and, like, you know, explores, she, you know, this is a link to the world between worlds, mm-hmm. and that's probably where she faces off with Balon. Yeah. Or Balin. I gotta try and yeah. get his name right now. Well, like, they, they were they were literally saying Balon, yeah, like 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 get off my Balon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how they were saying it. But whatever, I mean, maybe it is Balon. I don't know. Um, what I was gonna say was, uh, yeah, and that's a that's weird that he's that that he's that he's down there that he that he's in there with her. Has he followed her? Is he is he? You know, I started wondering. Is there like more of his? backstory you know he's like he's like because he's old and he's an order 66 survivor i know that obviously he's old but i was like started to wonder like like does her fucking with that place somehow bring those cats out you know what i mean does she Mm -hmm. is there a pandora's box kind of element to fucking with what she fucks with to to try to you know gaze where ezra's at you know through that machine to the to the the, the world between worlds like does that lead us to that or what is, is her down there looking into the world between worlds of that stuff where she's going to see Anakin and whatnot? Yeah, that, that's, that's just, where I think that, I that's where that yeah. happens. Yeah. And it's just X amount of time comes and as she's been exploring, he's already there. He is now arrived. Yeah. Because if those like droids or whatever work for like uh, Morgan Elizabeth, yeah. and she's down there for a significant amount of time, then he would have time just to show up. You know? Yeah. Like, And then that would lead to her going back to Sabine and the New Republic saying, like, something dark's coming, like, you know, they, they, he works for her and she works for him, so, you know, yeah. the, we need to move, you know, um, we, the, again, everything we saw, I think, is very early on, because yeah. even the ship that uh, Shin is firing on is Ahsoka's starfighter. Right. Like, you know, so everything we saw was, again, First four episodes. 
without a question of doubt. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Maybe not thrown when we see him from behind, but like the rest of it easily is. And you know? uh, that, that picture of um, Ezra, the, the, the thing that mm-hmm. I saw, the video I saw like a long time ago, that's from film. I, I'm, I'm convinced that was from filming that hologram. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, that's why I, th- I, I thought right, when I saw because, it. Because you see what I'm talking about? How like how that that chest piece, like the armor looking yeah. thing, like looks like he like that's that's what like visually stuck out to me. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and like you said, about his hair was shorter. Yeah, and like which which is clearly is there, you know. And for the most part, every time we've seen Iman, this uh, it's been long, and he's had a beard. He's got a, he's got um, a Green Knight like thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you know, <laughs> not so. a bad looking guy. He might, again, he might have a weird, weird didn't bring him out because he then just tweets like, "Yeah, this is me. <laughs> like I'm Ezra." Well, what he like, did was he tweeted out, "It was great to play. Uh, uh it was great to play the hologram." Because yeah, it's like is, at that point, it's like you could see he's the fucking hologram. There's like no denying that's that's who he is. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so he didn't come all the way out and say he was playing Ezra anywhere else though. And, but he, he is, he is. Like, Don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, yeah, but, he is one of them. Yeah, and like, and like, you know, and and I've already, I, I told people about how Sabine will be using the uh, his lightsaber in a fight and stuff like that against Shin and all that, and like, and then like, and that he's there, and and it's like, so he's not there in what they saw, yeah. I guess, right? But that stuff, that stuff was confirmed, which means you should, they should listen to me about that <laughs> part. Yeah, two. also. I wonder, like they said, they saw Sabine flying with the Purgle. Mm-hmm. Is that how maybe they find Ezra? Mm-hmm. Like, because that's a detail we've never heard before. Is that you know, yeah, that they're with them. Like, we don't know how they, you know, discovered. It. We kind of just thought like maybe they, you know, maybe t- would trace it through Morgan Elizabeth as they're trying to make the venture to wherever Throne is. You know, yeah. Um, and yeah, but and, and I, I, I thought, and I still find it weird that Morgan's the one who's going after Thrawn and heading up the project when we have this uh shadow council. Council. What the fuck well, are this? Come was, on, but she was not a part of she's not in like there, yeah, yeah, like, she's not a part of these, it. No, but I'm assuming that it that she was a contractor for the for the empire and that's how she knows Thrawn or how they become like like loyal to each she becomes loyal to him in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh. But like, yeah. So it's weird that she's like, like heading that. So I'm kind of wondering if all of those Imperials are kind of like, you know, what we don't, kind of don't really want them to come back, you know. And then everybody they're really kinda... loyal to him though. Like they, they're the ones taking orders straight from him. Yeah, you know, and he's Except never present. And, and yeah. remember, remember what I told you though? Like I heard that that he thinks Gideon's a bitch. Yeah. And then we I saw think... Gideon kind of saying like, "Fuck this guy. Let me be your leader." So yeah. Yeah, yes, yes, it's a weird one, man. Again, dad, though, daddy's gonna come home and they're gonna, oh, gonna he's coming, happy. yeah, yeah, oh lord, he's coming, you know, <laughs> yeah, but for, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I mean, like, with uh, with what we got, it, it, it definitely was not the worst case scenario for a celebration. No, 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 this again, I think, uh, it is kind of what we thought. We said we just get updates on everything we know, right? Uh, running from now until the end of next year, which which is absolutely what we had, and we'd have the three movies, yeah, which is what we had. I, we just had footage for Acolyte and um, Andor, which we probably didn't expect because we said like maybe they'll show us pictures, give us a little bit more details, of course, on the shows, 
Yeah. Um, but giving us footage for them is only a win. There's only a you know a positive bonus. Um, yeah. We everything else we kind of panned out like a trailer for indie. You know, didn't expect to see you know ten minutes of the next Mando episode, but you know. They needed to have a Mandalorian presence there, I suppose. And it's... they made a beautiful indie poster, but they didn't give it to you, did, did they? They kept it for themselves. No, the, well, the, the, how they handled the posters this time was was different to how they had in the past. Okay. So, where you told me that when you were leaving, like the 2019 panel, was it 2019 panel? Yeah. Like, yeah. as you were walking out, they handed you a poster, right? Yeah. They did not do that this time. They sent you to a different place. Oh, in you the know what? Center. They they did that in 2019. Right. They gave you you had to go take like your thing and, and pick it up at a different location. That did happen in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what um, we had it, to do. It's, it's D23 where they hand them out. Right. So they did that to us, and it was like one of our friends, Baymax, he has more than one poster, right? No. Oh. So and we ran into him, and he was like, Yeah, yeah, go, go. Like, and uh, so Nick tried to get more than one post and was told off. You know, <laughs> like, so, yeah, get out of here, yeah. mustache. He's like, oh, so we right. all have just one poster each. Um, I assume it's going to be the poster they uh, put out when the series is done. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, because there was put out one at the end of every season again, right? Right. Like, so I, I assume it's that one. Mm. Um, Bo's holding the dark saber in it. Like, there's not a, there's no Mecha Grogu. There's nothing like that. You know what I mean? There's nothing. Yeah, that exciting in it, but um, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, it was a surprise to think it was an indie poster considering they revealed it, thought they yeah. might have given us two to pick up, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and I'm sure like somebody would have nabbed you an indie poster and like send it to you, you know, um, because Pavi so, was giving if, away if, his Mandalorian if, poster. If, if you get one, sell it, it's worth so much money. People spend so much dumb money on that stuff on eBay, just sell it. Mm-hmm. I told everybody to sell his Mandalorian post and he just gave it away. Oh, really? What a guy. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. We help people out, Jason. You know, you know we, what? We give out the through people... and Battlefront updates, access to Mando, and yeah. give people posters. People you know? don't really, I think people underestimate the egalitarian nature of this spoiler network that we've set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right, dude. Uh, we, we've gone for like, almost three hours so i think we'll call it a show oh, yeah. but but it was called yeah. it was called the star wars celebration super show with bestman bulletin and i think it's been just that so i think we did it but um i'll see everybody on on uh tuesday and mm-hmm. uh because i'm going to i'm taking the kids to super mario world or whatever it's called on but we weren't going to say the name just in case he was watching you know what it's, it's three hours in i don't think he's going to be able to watch this long so i think it's okay uh yeah yeah i forgot yeah. kids so, attention span yeah, yeah 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 so anyways uh so I'll, we'll see everybody later and uh, thanks for for coming and bringing all of the uh, saving all all the podcasting for us, and 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 sharing uh, your experience. It was a good time, man. Yeah, no worries, dude. Anytime. All right, we'll see everybody later. Here's how the sh- how, how does the show end? It ends like this. It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey. It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey. It's the end of the show.